0: Law and order in need of a major upgrade, a corrupt corporation looking to mass-produce robotic police, and a cyborg who will change everything. All of this can only mean one thing. We're comparing RoboCop on this episode of Retro vs.
1: Remake.
2: Reggie
0: Parker, and I'm Dan Bielk. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake, the series where we compare movies and their remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake, or in this case, reboot, exist? And today's films are RoboCop. Jumping right in, RoboCop 1987, starring Peter Weller, Nancy Allen, Ronnie Cox, Kirkwood Smith, Miguel Frerer, Ray Wise, Robert DeQuay, and Daniel O'Hurley directed by paul verhoven screenplay by edward newmeyer and michael minor and music by basil paul doris and uh well we've done paul verhoven before with total recall and basil paul doris the composer has done other episodes we've done conan the barbarian and red dawn just wanted to throw that out there robocop 2014 starring Joel Kinnaman, Gary Oldman, Michael Keaton, Samuel L. Jackson, Abby Cornish, Jackie Earl Haley, Michael K. Williams, and Zach Greener. Directed by Jose Padilla. Screenplay by Joshua Zutimer. And Edward Neumeyer and Michael Miner do get a credit here, even though they didn't work on it. It's actually sort of based on an early draft they did. So that's why they get a credit. And the music is by Pedro Brofman. Okay. Talking
2: RoboCop, Reggie, what is your first experience with either film? Yeah, we were talking a little bit before the podcast and I was saying that um, I've seen RoboCop, but I feel like when I originally watched RoboCop, I saw like bits and pieces of it, right? Like it would be on television somewhere and I would see the guy get shot to, to hell and I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> but like, some reason for like most of my life I had not like cohesively just sat down and watched Robocop and I've just been faking the funk you know for too long (laughs) like obviously very aware of Robocop very aware of Detroit setting pretty much how it works um but yeah yeah I just I don't know like I feel like Robocop is held close to a lot of people's heart in a way that um it's not quite there for me but uh I do appreciate the movie and um to rectify that when RoboCop 2014 came out. Um, I did not see that in theaters because I knew that was not a good idea. But I watched Robocop and was like, okay, I like this. And then I watched RoboCop 2014 and I had feelings. you are not supposed to say we're <laughs> So um yeah, yeah, I think it took this reboot for me to finally sit down and really explore the franchise.
0: Okay, the original Robocop, I did see this when I was very young, way too young to see this. I was probably like six or seven or so, and just the violent deaths like have been in my brain forever because of that, especially Alex Murphy's death in the original film. <laughs> Traumatized me as a little kid, but um, yeah, I watched the original film very young and then i've watched it many times since i was a huge robocop fan i remember watching the robocop cartoon when i was growing up i had robocop toys when i was growing up i had the shitty nes game i even had robocop 3 for super nintendo growing up so i I was well versed in the RoboCop world and for the reboot uh i didn't see it in theaters um i did see it um sometime rented it on or it was on netflix or something or i rented it i don't remember but i have seen it once before watching it for this podcast
2: in the same boat i saw it once before this i just wanted to see kind of this this slick kind of reboot um i know samuel jackson's name was attached to it so i was like
1: Mm -hmm. i'll see what they did here
0: yeah i wanted to see it because michael keaton was in i was like oh okay my old batman so i'll see anything with some michael keaton in it there are some major differences but it's kind of similar So before we get into those differences, let's just go over a brief synopsis. A corporate giant is trying to get their robotic police officers on the streets, but they run into a problem. The solution of a cyborg is presented, and all that is needed is a candidate. Alex Murphy is a cop with a wife and a kid. An attempt on his life is made while trying to arrest criminals. (laughs) Turns out Murphy is a prime candidate for this RoboCop program. Once he hits the streets, he's an instant success. Crime goes down and the public loves him. But at what cost? In order to become the perfect crime-fighting robot, Murphy's humanity is lost. He doesn't really remember his past life due to his programming. However, his humanity does come creeping back, and he decides to go after the ones responsible for murdering him. He eventually learns the name of the person pulling all the strings. When he's about to make his arrest, he shuts down due to a failsafe by the ones who made him. With the help of his old partner, Lewis, he is able to get revenge for his murder and stop the evil corporation from their plans. The end. So a lot of like small differences, like the names of things, I think like just Alex Murphy and Lewis are right. the only names that, that carry over. Even the corporations like Omnicorp versus OCP. Cause like Omnicorp is like this other company that's owned by OCP. It's, it's complicated, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Uh, but for this comparison, since the plots are pretty much the same, I think we should just do our one-to-one comparison with the characters, the actors, and who better to start with than our titular character, Robocop. We have Peter Weller in the original.
2: That alive, you are coming with me.
0: Versus Joel Kinnaman in the reboot.
1: What the hell did you do
2: to me? Take this off me now.
1: I need to get out of this thing. What did you do to me?
0: All right, where would you want to start with this, Reggie?
2: One of the major differences here is that uh, Peter Weller's character is new to the force, right? So from an introductory standpoint, we're kind of seeing him learn the ropes of this very, very extremely crime-ridden city. I mean, (laughs) hyper, hyper hyper-criminal activity happening in a... Old Detroit, new Detroit, we will the into Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I kind of like the idea of just like, you know, it's a little ambiguous with the timeline, but it's like basically Murphy's first day on the job, right? And um, it makes his interaction with different characters, like the Lewis partner that we'll talk about at some point. I don't know, it feels more like introductory when you film it that way versus the Joel Kinnaman, who's pretty much like an established member of the force. Feels like... Um, a bit of a hothead, right? Like, I'm getting that vibe. Like, uh, he's definitely a a clean cop, but he sort of plays by his own rules. And that may or may not have affected his partner. So, I don't know. I feel like this this remake wants to jump right into the action. And I feel like the original, um, there's a lot of action, but I I think they try to kind of ease you into this universe a bit by making you see how this police department works at the same time as uh, well.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. As Alex Murphy in the original learns this world, we're learning it with him. So, like, we're going on the journey together as opposed to the remake where, it's yeah, like you said, we're in the middle of something and we're sort of playing catch up as to, like, trying to figure out, like, who's who, who's the good cop, who's the bad cop and whatnot.
2: Another major difference is we don't spend a lot of time with Weller not as well. Right. Like Weller's like, yeah, it's my first day. And then was like, blah, blah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Didn't need that guy anyway. <laughs> Let me see this Robocop. In some ways, I think that plot device works that like we don't see much of Weller, because it's just like, geez, this is violent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um
2: It tells you more about like the universe that they're in, how quickly and how aggressively <laughs> he dies, um, versus like the the Kinnaman account where, um, like you mentioned, we're playing a bit of catch-up. There's like dirty cops from the force, clean You know, like, we have to kind of figure out what they're doing. And we spend some time with Kinnaman and his family, Kinnaman and, like, his partner, in a way that we just don't get in that original.
0: Yeah, you're introduced to the family, and you do spend some time with them in the reboot, but it's not a lot. Like, there's not a connection really like i'm not too worried about what's going to happen to his family because i know what's going to happen to alex murphy because we don't really spend too much time with them like we know the kid watches sports with his dad and that's uh, something they revisit when he's robocop but they don't really i don't know they don't really develop that relationship between the family that much so i don't think it was that necessary like what the what i'm trying to say is what the original did and just like kind of revealing the family after the fact after his murder i think that works pretty well and then it almost makes it more tragic because you're just learning about this guy's life and just the life he lost right so as opposed to the other where it's like okay we already know these two people and we don't know them
2: that well and yeah you you get this sort of generic family Mm
1: -hmm.
2: unit right like He's a cop. There's his wife. There's his kid. I don't even know what does his wife do. You know, um, yeah. we we don't know that in the original either. But um, I feel like you mentioned the sports connection. Okay, it works in this reboot, right? But like the original, I like that his tie to his son is his like signature <laughs> move, <It's> TJ Laser, <laughs> TJ Laser, um, and just like that, the gun spinning. The leg holster thing, like your leg attaches, and then you just stick a gun in there. That's mm-hmm. super cool, man. Like, um, I, I think that, you know, what a lot of reboots do, and this one definitely does, is they try to fill in blanks that were kind of left in the original, but oftentimes it's wholly unnecessary <laughs> because uh, a cool spinning gun and a son that likes guys to spin guns works just as good as uh, seeing a family seeing him interact, kind of, like, having to rebuild some memories of his family, like, loosely. Like, yeah, you know, sure, he filled it out some more, but, like, at the end of the day, I still don't know much more about his wife and kid than uh, in the original.
0: Yeah, the the spinning gun thing's really cool, because that's, that's when he's a robot, and at that point, you think Alex Murphy's gone, but that's a little bit of his humanity right mm-hmm. there. So that was just a really cool thing. And they don't really have, like, a move like that in the reboot, where it's like, is he a robot or is he still there? Cause he's still doing this thing that he used to do when he was human. He doesn't have a thing right, that right. he does. I don't know. He's kind of weird in the reboot. I, let's get to the RoboCop part. Sure. Let's talk about so. Alex Murphy. I think this is where we really want to get to. And I want to start with the design mm-hmm. uh, just because they do look different. Obviously RoboCops, we think of RoboCop as the big shiny silver thing, you know, that classic RoboCop yeah. look and they don't, really do that in the remake. No. They they go black.
1: I've been through a lot. Um,
2: This is why I wore a black shirt today.
0: Oh, yeah. Of course. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. What would you think of that decision to just kind of say,
2: you know, we're not going to do the silver thing? You know, it just gives me big, like, Transformers vibes. Like, I like my 80s, blocky, you know, Optimus Prime, like whatever they were doing, this sort of like stripped down metal thing in the, mm-hmm. the movie series. I'm like, eh, I guess those are Transformers. <laughs> and I feel the same way here with Robocop. Like that is just the suit is the suit, man. Yeah. Like you get the little silver chromish thing going on. You get to see sort of like, kind of like how the arms move and stuff like that. Like the joints are very like they put. It, they're not all metal, right? So like you kind of get this idea of like. I don't even know what you call it, how the hydraulics will look, right? Sure. This uh, remake just sort of like, it's just like, he's just so metal. And, uh, you know, some of the uh, revelation, yeah, revelation about him, I don't need to see like the Darth Vader moment of like, I'm lungs in- and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was such a weird choice. I'm lungs, spine, and like one hand? Like- one hand.
0: <laughs> Holy Christ.
2: Holy Christ, there's nothing left save that hand (laughs) which is probably like a callback to the movie like we can keep his arms like fucking arms
0: that's exactly
2: what it was yeah get that shit out of here um i don't know man like it just has such a very specific iconic look and they tried to like sleek and modernize it and it doesn't translate like it's not it's not quite robocop like honestly some of the uh The metal robots in the movies look more like Robocop than Mm -hmm. Robocop.
0: Yeah, but having it like completely black, it's like you can't really tell like the details of the armor because it's just like this black thing that he's wearing the whole time. And it's weird because he starts out wearing the silver suit, the iconic silver suit, and you're like, okay. This is RoboCop. And then Michael Keaton's like, well, let's make it black. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want you to do that. And then they tease the original suit again at the end of the movie. And it's like, well, that would have been good if you didn't already show it to me in the beginning of the movie right. when I wanted it. And then you changed it and then you're changing it back. Yeah. So that was just a weird decision, I feel, to like throw that in because we weren't even going to play in that suit. We we're going to stick with this black
2: suit the whole time. Yeah, I I think when movies try to do things like that, right? Like it's actually better to have the original suit throughout like part of his policing or something like that, you know. And maybe like there's an event that happens where it's like, We need this guy to be more tactical. And like awesome. then you can change it, right? But like to tease it, throw like some little police lights on the shoulder pads <laughs> and then just be like, eh, <laughs> let's make it black. Like it just you're right, it takes away from that like feel good, nostalgic feeling of like, hey, they kind of like made the suit more, you know, modern, but like they kept the sort of integrity of the suit. The black suit, it means nothing to me, right? Like it just, I don't know what this is. This is just like generic kind of robot and not cop, Right. And there's not enough visors in the world to make a black suit a Robocop suit.
0: Yeah. But I think the biggest difference even the suit being different color <laughs> isn't that big a, of a difference. The biggest difference between these two Robocops is you see his face like the whole movie in the real Yeah.
2: yeah. It seems so real. I died. This is incredible. I don't know about that. I trusted you. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just so much face. Like we we mentioned before, sort of like, Alex Murphy and like how quickly he becomes Robocop in the original film. Um, there's mystery as to who that is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the original film squarely does not reveal to like the people in that universe who Robocop is. Like, his partner has to see, like, we mentioned the gun movement before he's like, Oh, that's that might be Mm -hmm. she still doesn't know that might be Murphy in this one. They're like. We found cop Alex Murphy, who like doesn't, isn't really like a hero cop, isn't really a bad cop. He's just kind of like an average cop. Um, like they tease that one guy who's like kind of like super like <laughs> masculine guy. It's like, yeah, let's make it that guy. Um, but he's too psychologically unhinged. I don't know how you'd be more psychologically unhinged <laughs> than, uh, <laughs> than what happened. So like, I guess it's good they found a more willing host here. But like, yeah, you just see this guy's face the whole time. That's not why I, I'm not watching RoboCop to see this guy You're not Alex Murphy anymore. You're RoboCop.
0: It's, you know, like it's so weird. It's like if you're making a Batman movie and then you change his mask to show Bruce Wayne's face the whole time. That's kind of yeah. what I'm thinking. It's like, what, what are we doing? It, it only comes on apparently when he's being threatened. So it's only during the action scenes. So that way it could be like a CGI, I guess you don't actually have to have so. the
2: actor. Like you just mentioned CGI there. Um, The amount of practical effects that come into play in this original film, and what you were saying before about Paul Verhoeven, and even before that, when you were talking about our Total Recall episode, we actually get two people returning here. You've got the director, Paul Verhoeven, and you've got Rob Bidden, who did a lot of the practical effects. And I think that, you know, we'll talk about this a lot more, but like the way that Bidden's able to do a lot of these practical effects, the reveal of the face is like a major kind of like landmark moment in -hmm. the movie and i think what you're getting at is that like we're kind of missing that right like if characters didn't know it was murphy then it would help when like he sees his family when he sees his partner like maybe that face reveal would have some impact but the movie the reboots kind of work around this plot of you know we've got this a uh, government bill that's out there that says we can't use robots on american soil so they got to know who the robot is so it's alex murphy and it's like more about alex murphy being a human than it is about him being a robocop and it's mm-hmm. like why would you do that <laughs> it's the robocop like that's why we're here man this is a weird choice to your it, point
0: yeah but you brought up the reveal the reveal's done amazing in the original film that that face reveal because you don't see his face after alex murphy's killed and you don't even see robocop right away they do this great thing where it's like from his point of view where he's getting assembled and you just see all these i don't know scientists i guess kind of building him and it's like so interesting to see it from robocop's point of view and you're just like dying like to see him i remember when i was a kid seeing that scene it's like where's robocop i want to see robocop when are we actually going to see robocop And then they really drag yeah. it out and then keep building this mystery like okay there's his arm i want to see the rest of him. show more of him. Yeah. so they give you little bits here and there and then they finally like unveil him when he gets to the police station and then they do the same thing with his actual face they kind of they don't show you his face at all mm-hmm. they do tease a little bit like when he's fighting ed 209 that his visor breaks and you see oh he's got an eye i remember yeah. seeing that when i was a kid going oh he still has human eyes right, he's not like right. completely like a robot like that just completely captured my imagination. I just love the little like breadcrumbs there. Like, okay, we're going to show you this, this, and this. And then ultimately to that face reveal. And going into the effects, like the practical effects, amazing. It's yeah. like how yeah. his head looks like half a machine and half human. It's like, it's, I was looking for like, you I know, st- the seams. Or, and I can, I didn't see I anything. I still don't know
1: how it works, yeah. you know?
0: <laughs> it was a beautiful makeup job yeah. he did. I, in, incredible. And, you know... I gotta give him credit again, Rob Bitten. Yeah, well. Amazing job, it still holds up today. It looks flawless. It looks like a guy who's a robot. It totally does. It's
1: really good to see you again, Robin.
2: There's maybe kinda on of that scene, like you can kinda of say, okay, that yeah, looks like it might be makeup. But like, um, funny enough, like there was a big, I was reading some trivia on this, there was, that was a big point of contention between Paul Verhoeven and uh, Rob Vidden. He was like, "I think Rob wanted the reveal to be in a darker right. setting, less lighting." And Paul's like, "No, no, 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 let's do it. Let's do it my way."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They got in a huge fight, and then after he saw it in theaters, he was like, "Dude, you were right. Let's make Total Recall." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's
1: those so two cool. butted heads
0: a lot. Um, Paul Verhoeven did not like the original design for RoboCop, and he just kept shitting. On stuff yeah. Rob Bitton did. Rob Bitten, by the way, uh, alumnus of the show, not only did he do Total Recall, but he did The Thing, the remake. of the yeah. thing. He did the practical wow. effects for that. So, yeah, he's pretty good at his job, I guess is what we're saying. And uh, for Paul Verhoeven, to, his first American movie to just be shitting on this guy, he's, uh, <laughs> he's got some balls. Yeah. But, but um, going back to the, the look of Murphy, it just, he looks so much more like a guy who's a robot now, cyborg, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to the the reboot where, yeah, his face is like kind of covered and they do the thing, you know, where they unveil like you're just lungs, a head and a hand. But like when he's in the Robocop costume, it looks like he could just be like doing cosplay or something because there's nothing about him to make him look like a robot. He's just completely covered head to toe.
2: Nothing robotic, really. I know I'm dreaming because I can
1: feel all of this.
2: And you know, a lot of the filming, you're not, like you mentioned, there's so much emphasis on his face. Like you're not doing a lot of like wide shots of this RoboCop Mm -hmm. outside of action. So it's like, what's he look like, you know? Um, They paid good money for that RoboCop suit in the original. Mm -hmm. I guess speculation is between, that was either half a million to a million dollar suit. So they were like, we need to get our money's worth. And like you mentioned, capture imagination. I love the scene when they're putting the LED on him and they screw it in and like it gets closer and it gets closer. I'm like that's what the hell I want to see. <laughs> like, um, that's one way to make us as an audience like try to figure out how does this robot man how does it work? In the reboot, they told us how it works. They tell us way too much about how it works. <laughs> like, um, seeing the lungs and stuff like, yeah, that's an interesting reveal, but it's not nearly <clears really throat> as impactful as the partner seeing Murphy's face again. He's like, you're not gonna like what you see. In a way, it's because he's not necessarily gonna like what he sees when um, when he takes off his visor. It, it's just it's just better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just wanna I just want to talk about the hand a little bit. It is yeah. weird. A weird decision to just keep the hand. I thought I thought they did that for Mrs. Murphy, maybe.
1: <laughs> <You> ah, <know? laughs> okay, there you go.
2: <laughs>
0: That's just my adult humor coming in or yeah, yeah. maybe childish humor if you want to say that.
2: Yeah, I mean, what was this RoboCop movie rated on?
0: No, that's a big difference the, too. Okay. The original that's, rated R obviously and the remake or the reboot PG-13, but the director was pushing for an R, it was the studio that held him back.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. The studio's trying to maximize profit and I think that um Tony, like you said with like the hand like I love that joke, but like, I don't see that in this movie, right? Like this movie doesn't push things in a way that that original film does. Like uh, our RoboCop is um, very interesting in his approach to uh, law enforcement because it's mostly shooting guys, (laughs) which I'm cool with, because like he does it so violently and with so many cool practical effects. Like um, that's the job, right? (laughs) I don't know if this is necessarily the time we can talk about action maybe a little bit later, but like uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: tonally, like I like I said, I love your joke there about the hand, but like I just don't see that in that film, so like it didn't cross my mind. But as you're saying, it's like that's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So that's pretty much the differences with the design, but he does kind of have different arcs. Yes. In the movie, so I think we should just go into that a little bit. So, I'll just start with the original, just cause it's a lot cleaner. <laughs> um, you know, we got Alex Murphy, like you said, kind of a blank slate. We do know he has a kid. That's it. And then, as he's dead, then we kind of learned that he has a family and all this stuff. But pretty much when Alex Murphy dies, like Alex Murphy, like really dies. Like he doesn't continue his life as Alex Murphy when he's Robocop. He is Robocop. He is this robotic, speaking he doesn't talk like Alex Murphy talked you know he talks like a robot he acts like a robot he doesn't know about his past life so humanity completely gone and then you know slowly he's starting to not really remember because he says he can't remember he doesn't remember anything but he's like getting glimpses of like this Alex Murphy and he feels things about certain things so it's like this story about this guy who becomes a machine who slowly gets his humanity back I think is a pretty easy way of explaining his arc. Not the same arc in the reboot. So we got a guy, we know he has got a family. Um, when he pretty much dies, I guess, um, when he comes back, he's pretty much Alex Murphy right away. Right. The, the doctor specifically says they kept his emotions and his intellect and his memories pretty much intact. So he's not a blank slate. He's Alex Murphy as this robot and he's sort of learning to accept this life as a robot and then as soon as he does that they take away his humanity right. and then it somehow comes soul.
2: back what are you saying it's a soul
0: so it's, it's not the human, not human get it back, it's human still human even though I'm a robot but now they're taking it away and I'm still getting it back so that, that's just a small difference there yeah. actually no, fuck that, that's a huge difference it's a right huge there it's a huge yeah. because he shouldn't be Alex Murphy when he's had the Robocop surgery I guess we'll call it, he should just be
2: a robot <laughs> it would have made more sense because, like, the problem with that is that mm-hmm. we're going through the trial and error of this science like kind of real time in the movie and I don't care Right. Um, I don't care in like this idea because again, who is it for? Right? Like, oh, the human reacts slightly slower than a robot. That's actually still a plus. Yeah. Like that's the whole the whole point was that the robot does not consider humanity. So it's okay if a cybernetic because oh god, all right, here we go. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Rant time. (laughs) The problem is that the US government is not letting you use robots on US soil because they don't care about little kids and you know stuff like that, right? Your solution is I need to make a basically half human, half robot thing, based a cyborg, like you mentioned before. You then create this secondary problem for yourself that no one's asking you about, by the way. Like maybe the investors, like, oh, he moves second slower than a robot but you already have the entire united states being policed by human beings so it's not like anyone saying oh my god we don't have robots that are stopping violence from happening in our streets because you already have humans and most of them are dirty cops (laughs) so so why is it a problem in a non-military setting that he moves slightly slower than a robot because you don't robots in the United States in the first place, doing the crime. Humans are doing the crime. So he moves faster than a human. Problem solved. You did it. Hooray. (laughs) They're creating problems for themselves. And again, I don't care. I don't care that it takes him five more seconds to shoot a bad guy than this robot that's never going to get to be the robot in the country in the first place. Why do I give a shit? So, like, the movie just went ultra corporation and I need to care about like things that don't. I know they don't matter because I'm watching a movie. <laughs> I know they don't matter. So that's uh, that's all that I wanted to say there. And I think it's such a bad choice because now we know we don't really ultimately care about the robots because they don't come back into play except when he fights him. And now I have to go through the stupid journey of we got to bring his dopamine levels down, play back his death on loop. Let's, uh, we got to tweak this. He, he's still... He's still a little too human. No, he's a little too robot. What do we do? And then at the end of the day, none of their technology matters because apparently there's some indomitable human spirit that ultimately you're going to be able to bypass robot stuff because you are a man. No. <laughs> it doesn't work. Sorry about that rant, but like it just bothers me so much. Yeah.
0: So sometimes less is more. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: The Woo. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll I, I think we should maybe a pivot um, because you know, we did bring up the corporation. So I think we should go into the corporations here um, who made our RoboCops. In the original, we got OCP Omnicorp. I'm Om- sorry, not Omnicorp. <laughs> no, fucking reboot. OCP Omni Consumer Products. And then in the reboot, it's Omnicorp and the motivations of these companies are very different you already said that omnicorp in the reboot they have these robots pretty much in every country around the world is what it sounds like yeah um pretty much oppressing people like pretty obviously and blatantly oppressing people yeah. and shooting you know innocent civilians And then um, their goal, though, because they need to go domestic because the one market they don't have is the U.S. market. And they would increase their profits by 600 billion. It's money that they're losing every fucking day. It's okay, sure. Sure. As opposed to OCP, who wants to kind of um, they want this new Delta City, right? Old Detroit. It's all beat up. It's like crime ridden and everything. So they want to clean up the streets. That way they can do this new Delta City.
2: Yep. And they get the added bonus of basically doing what um, Omnicorp is doing in the uh, reboot. Because they're like, once we prove that it works in Delta C, we can sell this as a military tech. Mm-hmm. Great. Clean. Simple. Keeps it domestic. We don't start overseas and then try to work our way back into the United States. It, sucks, it, right? it, it, I mean, it does
0: It does feel like they're going backwards in the reboot. Because like they, they start globally, and then they right. focus locally. It's like, usually you have to stop the threat locally, that way it doesn't expand globally, but right. Omnicorp's already global. So it's like right. a small domestic victory is what we're going for, even though the yeah. rest of
2: the world's fucked. Right. And, you know, it's kind of, it's a strange scenario, right, They're like, positive the United States, and I mean, maybe it's a commentary on the U.S., it positive the United States that is okay with uh, oppression and war crimes abroad all day, like, doesn't matter, citizens don't care, but don't bring that shit over here. It's like, <laughs> Really? Like, I feel like there would be some public backlash to these robots beyond just like they can't operate here. So, uh, again, to your point, they're just going in such a weird direction, right? Like, it does feel like the movie's going in reverse. Like, like we the the end game already happened yeah. in this reboot. Like you mentioned, like the domestic win is not. I know it's not as big as a foreign win,
1: <laughs> It's not. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Omnicorp's Wait, uh, already uh, won. It's it's. What, what are we exactly stopping? Just to, Yeah, just so the robots aren't here, but they're already taken over the rest of the world, pretty much. So they still win at the end of the movie, technically, because they're still around the globe. It's not like RoboCop cool. is able to stop Omnicorp indefinitely. Like, now they can't do the robots around the world. That doesn't happen. Because we're not focusing on that, because we're focusing just on this local stuff here, which... I don't know, it, it does feel so weird.
2: <laughs> I feel like they didn't quite think that through, right? They're like, you've created a world where they have such a foothold globally. With, like, the military, they're like, at a certain point, is the U.S. really in charge of its own military or is it Omnicorp? Because it seems like Omnicorp can pretty much do whatever yeah. they really want. want. Um, even in the, a U.S. city, I mean, we're seeing it right here. They're trying to win this like marketing PR war. But um, I don't know. Like, if you really wanted to maximize profit, I guess you just enslave all of humanity. You know, you skydid it at that point. But whatever. What I think really makes these uh, corporations work isn't their crazy plans, it's the people that run (laughs) them.
0: That's right. (laughs) So let's get into some of these players at these companies. And OCP. We got Ronnie Cox as Dick Jones. I had to kill Bob Morton because he made a mistake. Now it's time to erase that mistake. Alumnus from our Total Recall episode. We got Miguel Ferrer as Bob Morton. He's the one that creates our RoboCop. God, you girls are so great. I mean, I just, I love to be with intelligent women. And then Dan is as as the old man. That's how he's credited as. (laughs) He doesn't have a name. (laughs) He's just the old man.
1: How can we help you, officer?
0: matter to the old man um so he's the guy that he's the big guy at the top but he's not the one calling the shots necessarily but he's the one who pretty much gives everything the okay and then at omnicorp we got michael keaton as raymond sellers you can't you're not programmed that way if you go against the program the entire system shuts down he's the one at the top of omnicorp and he's the one that also makes robocop and then who works for him is gary oldman as Denton Norton, Dr. Denton.
1: If your system draws connections automatically, it will lead perpetrators to their crimes and give you their exact locations whenever available.
0: And Jack Earl Haley is Rick Maddox. He doesn't really work for Omnicorp, but he kind of works for Michael Keaton's guy eventually. He's, he's military, but he hired privately, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah. All right. I say we go on three.
0: Three. So those are the major players. Uh so we do got some significant differences here because Michael Keaton kind of is like Bob Morton and Dick Jones combined, because he's the creator, yeah. but he's also the evil guy
2: in charge. Let's just kinda of look at it from a corporate standpoint, right? Like I think in the original film we do get that classic nineteen eighties corporal bad guy thing going on here. Like you've got Ronnie Cox is Dick Jones, he's a Phenomenal character, by the way. Just like your classic everyday, ultra-rich prick, um, who's super ambitious, basically, like you mentioned, kind of runs the country. Like the old man is technically still in charge, but like Dick Jones is pulling all the strings behind the scenes. And like, that's a really cool touch. Um, what's hilarious is that he immediately screws up in the movie, which opens up uh the the door for Miguel Ferris, Bob Bourne and um I like that idea of, like, this, an, again, another ambitious guy, basically like the Dick Jones of the future who's trying to, like, leapfrog and pull that mantle a little too early uh, in the mm-hmm. film because he, now he's in Dick Jones' crosshairs, and I just he doesn't recognize how far Dick Jones is willing to go or what he's capable of until it's a little too late for him. I don't know. They're just such big, fun personalities. Uh, it works really well. And to your point, when you get Michael Keaton, you kind of just roll all that up into a more like, more modern corporate overlord type character, a guy who like is worried about the investors, is worried about the PR and stuff like that. He's still evil and it goes like far up the chain. But uh, I love the idea of these two competing parties. I don't know if it's supposed to be humorous, but it's kind of funny to me. They're back and forth with each other and um i feel like that's kind of missing in
0: this movie yeah for sure yeah i do like their back and forth that's that one scene in the bathroom where uh bob morton's making fun of him and then like he's there and then the guy pisses himself because he's like oh shit dick jones is here so then it's like you know i used to make fun of the old man back in the day too we even called him asshole like, i don't know i just always thought that was funny but that back and forth yeah that's just enjoyable and then you're you're not really sure at that point like who's the good guy there you're like i'm guessing it's morton because he made robocop so this dick jones probably the bad guy and then you know with bob's murder it's definitely dick jones and yeah that's one thing the original really does well is it it does a really good job establishing who the villain is like pretty early on like you know okay it's this dick jones guy especially uh once bob is murdered because The guy who murders bob is also the guy who murders alex murphy and the guy he works for is dick jones so we know dick jones that's the number one guy plain and simple okay that's who we're going for it's not so obvious with raymond sellers i didn't know for a lot of the movie if he was the bad guy because he made robocop and he didn't really seem terrible it wasn't really until the end of the movie When he's like, well, if he gets out and starts talking, you know, that could really damage his corporation. We could lose everything. So we got to kind of just unplug him pretty much. And then that was the only real evil thing, I think he did, other than just being a rich corporation. But he didn't really seem like the bad guy to me. Like, I wasn't sure if it was Sam Jackson. (laughs) I wasn't sure if it was the guy who actually kills Alex Murphy. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was maybe the doctor. Because the Doctor had like all this high moral stuff and he was kind of, you know, deprogramming or taking away the humanity from Alex Murphy. So I was like, maybe it's the Doctor. So not such You know, I like when movies don't make, you know, the obvious mustache twirling villain, but I also need something, you know? Show me some evil that this guy has done and then I'll know that he's definitely the villain. Like he could be likable, he could be charming, but do something bad. So I know that at the end of the day I shouldn't be rooting for him, and they do that pretty well with Dick Jones. They don't really do that with Sellers. Can Can you name like any of the things that he did to really label himself? No, no,
2: and the problem is to your point, like because they try to give Gary Oldman this sort of like hero turn towards the end, right? That mm-hmm. they they're all fallible. They're all responsible. They're accomplices. <laughs> Every single person, whether it's a uh, uh, what's his name? Jay, I forgot how to say his name. Jay Burt, or whatever. Um, little Canadian guy from uh, the Stoner movies. He, he's in the marketing, so like the marketing guy knows what's going on. You have kind of like the uh, the girl boss, like woman that's part partially like she's responsible. Gary Oldman's responsible. Um, and there are like moments where like it's not blatantly evil, right? Like they're kind of mm-hmm. like, hey man, look, dude, we we already introduced this guy. We gotta figure this out. <laughs> yeah, like, we're, we're kind of ahead of our skis um it, it, yeah it is ambiguous and even like you mentioned uh, the Maddox character for in like it, it, is he the bad guy because he's really yeah. evil you know it's almost a little too corporate, which is like we know there's evil happening mm-hmm. and we're all kind of responsible for it but like, <laughs> none, none, none of us are so responsible that you, you can be like that guy <laughs> needs to go to jail like I guess in a way that's that's kind of accurate, right? Yeah, but what I love about the original though is that it's that beautiful kind of leapfrog. like ultimately Dick Jones is the bad guy, but you start. Dick Jones is like here is Ed nine thousand whatever, and he's like, um, "Hey Kenny, just just point this gun at him. <laughs> Go ahead." And he's like, "Put the gun down." He's like, "All right, you have twelve seconds." No, <laughs> and then that guy gets destroyed. And I love how uh, Morton just like. Uh, Yeah, Miguel Ferris Morton's just like, um, yeah, that was terrible. But I have another idea. (laughs) And he just snakes Dick Jones. So, like, Dick Jones gets mad. Now, this guy is kind of like our lead sort of, I'm now VP. But you have this great scene when they kill Alex Murphy. The bad guy that kills Alex Murphy is clearly a bad guy, because, like you mentioned, he kills Morton. And then... We made that guy so such a badass that the fact that he listens to Dick Jones means Dick Jones must be the most badass guy on the planet. <laughs> it's like it's like a wrestling bump. It's like we put over the, the ultimate bad guy, but like letting him, you know, slam Andre the, the giant, right? It's it's perfect. <laughs> it's a perfect um way to just establish these hierarchies of evil and power. You know, like you mentioned in a reboot, we don't have that because it's so ambiguous and like weirdly too accurate. <laughs>
0: yeah. There's not a connection between the major corporation and the murder of Alex Murphy in the reboot. But maybe we'll get into that. Should we get to the uh, the head henchman right now? Because you, you just brought him up, and I'm kind of dying to talk about Kirkwood Smith's performance as Clarence.
2: Yeah, all let, right. let's do it, man. Let's, all
0: right, let's get into these. So we have Kirkwood Smith as Clarence Boddicker. You a good
2: cop? Hot shot? I'm <laughs> sure you are. Why, you got to be some kind of great cop. And then
0: we have Patrick Garrow as Antoine Vallon. How do we stop him? 50 caliber and above. Aim for the head. (laughs) I think we're going to start with Kirkwood Smith. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to say it, man. Fucking one of my favorite movie (laughs) villains of all time. (laughs) And I'm saying that and laughing because he's not just evil. He's fucking funny. He's, he's charming. He's, he's, he's all over the spectrum
2: with his performance. It, it is fantastic what he does with his character. Yeah, I, I just love that. Like, out of everyone in the gang, he kind of is like the most unassuming. Like, right. sitting there, he's got his glasses on, he's bald in. The male pattern goes, baldness, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, all right, like, um, I guess this guy is a bad guy. But it's the moments when he is the bad guy is what takes over the top. Like watching the Bodicker gang kind of operate and how wild they are. But then for him, like uh, we mentioned, when Alex Murphy dies, he's like,
1: oh, he
2: takes his little shotgun. I'm gonna shoot your hand off." He's like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" <laughs> what? <laughs> what the <laughs>
0: <man>? <laughs> and the way he does it too, like laughing as he does it. You know, doing the the caddy shot. No, 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 You know, it's insane.
2: so good.
1: it is
0: insane he's having so much fun through this guy's misery what a great villain and even before that even before that when they're still getting chased by the police one of the guys gets shot one of his guys gets shot and it's like well what are we gonna do and one of my favorite lines: "Can you fly, Bobby?"
1: <laughs> <He just threw laughs> us
2: him out.
0: And so you're like, "Okay, so this guy might be the leader." And then when you see what he does to Alex Murphy, okay, this guy's definitely the fucking leader, and he's our one of our main baddies.
2: Yeah, I just, I just loved it. Like you said, um, like we mentioned, Murphy. It's basically at least the way it's filmed. It looks like it's just his first day on the job. <laughs> it's immediately in the middle of this like uh, robbery, and it's. You're right. It's funny before it even gets violent because like. He's like, ah, you burned the money. <laughs> I was like, well, I had to, I had to set the charges. I guess like, it's worthless. <laughs> you know. So he's he's got that humor. The lines, can you fly, Bobby? Nah, nah, nah. All that stuff is just like it's dark, it's funny, it's like it just toes that line so well. And it makes him such a chaotic character. You don't know what he's capable of. And you know, I just I just love that term. The murder of Murphy is so violent that you know you have to respect this guy as evil as it were. And again, like I mentioned before, because we made him so evil, when he has to listen to somebody, whoa, that guy must be, you know, even nuttier. Like, I just love that. And I also love how self-interested he ultimately is, because, like, when RoboCop's, like, kind of kicking his ass, it's like, okay,
1: <laughs> here's
2: what I know. <laughs> He sings like a canary. He's like, here's
0: Dick
1: Jones, it's Dick Jones, not right. me.
2: Like when Dick Jones tries to call him out for that, he's like, you
1: see my face?
2: <laughs> And he just gets tossed to like three window panes. Even after that moment, just like his um his commitment is going right back to working the game, it's just like, I don't know, it's such a fun character.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just so many good moments. Even when, like, Alex Murphy brings him in the first time, he's at the police station, he just spits up blood right in front of the cop. He's like, well, my fucking phone call. I mean, just, like, if he wasn't such an asshole, you know, you might be rooting for this guy. But, you know, he's obviously the villain, and he kills people, so we can't be rooting for him. But he's so fun to watch, (laughs) for sure. A lot more fun than I guess you could call his equivalent, which we said, this, this Valen character who kills murphy um because murphy's after this valon character and um struggling here because we don't really know shit about this Valen he's character
2: so... you were describing him, i was like Valentine i was like oh is that the military guy I was like, no, it's <laughs> it's the other guys the guy who just kind of sits at you know like a desk with coke on it in the dark he's yeah. like, just very very generic um Probably you don't general. get a lot of lines from him
0: Mm-hmm. he got no personality at all you know he's um a wanted man because alex murphy's after him and you know he's corrupting the cops because he's getting all this intel from them and he's got a lot of money he's got a lot of guns um but you know like you said generic very by the books he doesn't bring anything like clarence did like clarence right. has so much stuff that you could just quote and just have fun with this guy I don't know. He's just there, and then he's not. <laughs>
2: yeah, he he's a uh, uh, Miami Vice-style, like, villain, you know? Just, like, he's got his hair kind of slipped back and just... I don't know, like, he just kind of... Like I said, he sits at, like, tables or desks, um, and then, you know, he tells people kind of the general evil that they need to do, but, like, he doesn't really have such a connection with these other characters. Like, yeah, like, when Clarence gets... You know, kind of when he dimes out the bad guy, they have an interaction, and we can kind of like quote it and laugh about it. Um, Valen, you know, when he gets caught, like I've been caught, you know, it's like it, it does. I don't know. He's just not in the movie enough. And I think that the scope again is probably the problem, right? Like when we talk domestically, right? This Valen guy, yeah, it was important when he blew up uh, Murphy at the beginning of the movie. It became a lot less important when there was this whole global U.S. Senate connection. It's like, I don't really care what happens with Valen because he's like small peanuts Mm -hmm. compared to the corporation and what they're up to. So he just becomes background noise at at a certain point.
0: Yeah, there was really a mistake to not connect the murder of Alex Murphy to the big baddie in the movie because he is just like a side quest, pretty much. It's not that important. He corrupts the cops, sure, but he's not connected to Omnicorp in any way so getting him doesn't help us get the big baddie like it does in the original because getting to clarence gets us you know it just gets us connected to dick jones okay so now we know where to go from here because he works for the main baddie he doesn't fallon doesn't work for anybody and he's not connected to omnicorp in any way at all and like i said i was having trouble like who is the bad guy here who is going to be the one i go for it. Robocop's going to go for at the end of the movie. And I don't know. It's just, they should have had a connection somehow. And by not doing that, it really just muddied that.
2: It's the order of events in the film, right? Like I get that he has to kind of avenge his own murder, but like the way he does it, like you mentioned, isn't connected to the big baddie. Like um by taking his sort of humanity and beginning of the film, having this like directive that he doesn't, know about you know in the film um it ties robocop back into this corporation which like you mentioned is connected to uh clarence's gang and stuff like that so all right we got somewhere to go this this valon guy it's like when they when they revealed that valon was like the bad guy when they revealed even the sergeant in the precinct was dirty Mm -hmm. it was like eh, moving on like it, it was not important that there were dirty cops at the highest level because that wasn't the point of the movie so like that was really strange yeah that it it totally
0: led us down this rabbit hole okay so valen we figured out the fingerprints from the guns lead us to these corrupt cops the corrupt cops say it was the police chief and then i'm about to arrest the police chief but then you get shut down and then that just kind of goes away because that's not the problem like it's 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 Omnicorp. So we were just going on this side quest and ultimately not even completing it and yeah. because we got to go after Omnicorp now. And and this movie is two hours. It is longer right. than the original RoboCop. So that's a journey we had to take, and that yeah. led to nowhere. Just throwing that out
2: there. And it's funny because like it's almost like, you know, like you mentioned it earlier, uh, you're seeing things from like RoboCop's perspective uh with the suit and everything like that we're kind of seeing everything from like the corporate boardrooms perspective yeah so like when you find out that the the police chief's dirty there's like speculation that they, maybe they'll like say that hey robocop cleaned up a corrupt apartment they're like yeah that could be our angle that could be our angle and I'm like, it's not your angle <laughs> it's not your angle so like why? what was that right like they just they just zoom right past that moment into the next phase of whatever the movie wants to be. And like, I think there's a way to do it where RoboCop, you know, takes down sellers and then finds out he was, you know, the cops set him up. You know, like if you were trying to, let's say you were trying to set this up for like a sequel. If you switch that order of events, that's actually way more impactful than I found out about the dirty cops. I didn't really do anything about it. And then I took, tried to take down the corporation, right? If you took down a corporation and found out 30 cops were working with the corporation, like, cool, all right, you know, maybe we're trying to avenge our murder here. He doesn't really, like, the the one thing that he should be concerned of the most, which is kind of like avenging his murder, is, to your point, a side quest and a side plot that we don't even finish. It's crazy. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Just, um, I mean, I don't, like you mentioned, I have almost nothing to say about Valen because uh, he's he's not in the movie as far as I'm concerned. Yeah,
0: we don't really see Valen interact with Murphy at all until his, Valen gets killed because Murphy was killed by a car bomb. So like Valen wasn't face-to-face like Clarence was with Murphy because he's the one that actually pulled the trigger and shot him through the head. He blew his hand off and shot him through the head. And then, you know, they don't interact... At all, you I mean you see Valen just going, man? I don't want this guy after me, man. What are you doing? I'm paying you in that, in his stupid way. And then they only interact when he shoots him at the end. But then in the original, you know, when Murphy starts to remember who he was and all, oh, I was murdered. So then he interacts with Clarence again, but this time as Robocop, and the tables are completely turned where you think he is gonna kill him, but then he just gets the information about Dick Jones and ultimately arrests him. And then they have a third confrontation at the end, which is where finally Alex gets his, you know, his vengeance and is able to, you know, get justice. So, you know, the two of them have a lot of back and forth. Valen, Murphy, not till the very end. So it's, you know, even when he's able to kill him and kind of get his, you know, vengeance, it
1: doesn't
0: have the impact it does. It definitely doesn't have the impact it does that the original film did
2: yeah it, and i think this is where the problem of like the pg-13 rating comes in because like the car bomb is such yeah. a cop-out right like yeah. it's it's not even remotely the same he doesn't know who did right like i think let's just break it down to the most simple he doesn't know who blew him up and he has to find that out and to your point about being quest when he finds it out it ultimately it's inconsequential which is weird, right? In the original film, what makes this this arc work? When you see your killer face to face, and he tortures you like that, it really makes you, you know, feel it. Um, and the guy's willing to torture you again later in the movie, right? Like, it's personal. When a guy car bombs you, you have to kind of figure out who it was, and ultimately, like you could probably have more of a beef with your actual coworkers than um, the guy that killed you. It it just kind of weakens. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It it was a big just mistake what they did. I I don't agree with that at all. I, I don't like this Valen character. He's completely forgettable. And the fact that he's not connected to the, ultimately the big baddie of the film is another misstep. And I just didn't, really care um that he was going after Valen because i
2: i knew he wasn't important to the plot really so i I honestly forgot that that was part of the week like (laughs) when you said Valen, i was like what is he talking about like i literally forgot that that was part of the week
0: you know clarence he's all it's not just clarence too he's got he's got a meal he's got he's got everybody he's got uh Who's that? He's got Leon Nash, Ray Wise. You know, we got a lot of people here from uh, Twin Peaks. So yeah. it's 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 a really fun cast. Like these guys, these animals and the way they interact. And there's just such interesting characters, even though they're like terrible people, but they're memorable as hell. And you do not get anything even close to that in the remake yeah. with these bad guys who killed Alex Murphy.
2: And it, again, kind of like using that pro wrestler theory again, right? Like, uh, Clarence is able to control this, just like fanatical. Like I don't know, just like you mentioned, these bad guys. Like this is clearly a gang of bad, bad people. And the fact that any of them listen to him shows that, like, wow, if he's able to keep these people under control, people that willing to fire um, basically like missiles in the middle of the street with like no concern about getting caught or anything like that, like. If he can make those guys fall in line, even when he's blowing up their their, uh, (laughs) 6,000 SUX. (laughs) (laughs) SUX. It's just like, all right, like, yeah, I got to respect this guy's uh, villainry. I don't have to respect Valen's villainry because I don't know what it entails. I think, think, like, there's just so many different factors of why the Clarence, you know, gang is more memorable, why they're more... Villainness and stuff like that, and I think it's just seeing the interaction of these guys, kind of trying to one up each other. Um, the fact that while they're doing crazy stuff, they're getting chased by the cops, and they're, they're cracking jokes when they do. Like, um, what was it Leon? His character when he when he's like taking the leap, and uh, Lewis sneaks up on him and he's like, "Can I zip this?" <laughs> and, and then next thing you know, he's punching the lady off of a. You know, off a walkway, like it's, yeah, man. Like these are these are competent (laughs) and confident villains.
0: He got he got her sucker punched her because she had to look. (laughs) She couldn't look at the dick. (laughs) That was
2: such a weird (laughs) scene. Like
0: "Hmm?" (laughs) you're under arrest, but let me see. (laughs) Should we get into the lose character? Because yeah, that's a pretty big difference, I guess, in both of these films. All right, we have Nancy Allen as Ann Lewis. Your
1: gun? You asked for this?
0: And Michael
2: K. Williams is Jack Lewis. Hold well, on, what the hell are you doing now here? you gonna play good cop, bad cop? Nah, Daniels. Bad cop, Robocop.
0: Usually when the gender swap happens in a reboot or remake, it's usually a female taking a role that used to be a male, but now it's reversed. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first that we've seen in this whole series we do here. Michael K. Williams, oh, good old Omar. Anytime we could bring up The Wire, I think we do. And I'm going to bring it up again. Absolutely. Omar from The Wire. There we go. Yeah,
2: or uh, Chalky White from Boardwalk Empire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, Michael K. Williams, he's uh, he's, he's always a competent actor. Like, you're never going to see him in a role and just be like, I wish I was somebody else, (laughs) right? But this is about as close as it gets, right? (laughs) Because... um, um like he's used well enough in the film but it does feel really strange maybe it's because they make his wife more of a character in this and they're trying to keep sort of like uh the sort of like girl power energy on her but like why would you do this <laughs> like lewis is a woman and um you know again reading up on the trivia like they they have her cut her hair so much uh, to basically try to make her look asexual, which is like that's a weird choice, guys, but okay. Um but like, I don't know, like I like that he had um a female partner. I like that she kind of had her own agency in a sense like it started really early in the movie when when um when Anna's character is like, Oh, I want to uh, I want to drive the car. And he's like, I like the drug when I'm breaking into a new town. I was like, all right. Whatever, dude. Um, I don't know. Like, it just seems so weird to take that energy away from this movie. Like, I don't know why they would make that choice.
0: I I don't know the exact reason to to change it to a man. It's. It didn't bother me so much. I just didn't really like the character that much. I guess in the reboot, like, I I had real trust issues with uh, Lewis for some reason. Like, I didn't trust him. Like, I thought he was like working also for Valen. I thought he might be a corrupt cop. And then, like, when I was kind of sure he wasn't, then I was like, maybe he's banging the wife or something. Like, something about him. I just, I wasn't sure. I was like, they're going to make him do something because he was so fucking boring. So I was like, there's got to be something going on because this guy isn't doing anything, really. But then you just find out, oh, he is actually a good cop. And he does help Murphy at the end, you know. He does kind of save his life a couple times at the end. So he's good there. But other than that, he's... You know, he's just kind of in the background.
2: Again, you know what the problem is? It's the choice of the intro, right? Like, kind of talking about how Alex Murphy's going from human to robot to human, right? Like, you've got this this cop that works with him who he's injured, right? So you start the movie with him basically, like, incapacitated because of uh, what Valen did, right? So I guess Valen did that. Um, Giving him some credit again. But um, Lewis isn't really doing anything at the beginning of the movie because he's in the hospital, and like you could speculate, is he going to be the RoboCop? Because like he looks like a viable candidate. (laughs) Um, So like by the time we get him back, he's not House Murphy; he's RoboCop, and he's struggling with like whether I'm going to be a human or not. So like we don't get anything from Lewis other than like concerned looks for an old partner, Uh, at least in the original film it, that partnership is a component of the mystery mm-hmm. if she's able to find out that he is robocop there's implications as to what's going on here um that just they're completely absent from this remake film because they already know each other hey it's you. hey it's you all
0: right right yeah he's, he's his friend he does save his life a couple times like i mentioned but he's not terribly important I would say in the reboot, like Lewis is very important to Murphy because pretty much when he's at his lowest, she's the only one that's really there for him. And she's also his main connection to his humanity. She's like trying to, you know, help him be Murphy again. You know, she's yeah. the one around when he takes his mask off for the first time. She's so important. And yeah, she also saves his life too at the end. So you have this loose character, you know, you got all this, The blueprint's all there and then you just do nothing pretty much in the reboot like i so underserved in the reboot
1: yeah
2: ridiculous yeah and and i think at um again i think it's the choice to put such an emphasis on his family Mm -hmm. that you're taking away the importance of lewis um his wife kind of occupies the role of what lewis was in the original movie and again that's another just Going back to the choices that storytelling has even happened because he's no longer Alex Murphy. He's RoboCop, so he has no more connection to his wife and kids. They are not part of his life anymore. And now we have a character who is that thread connecting him back to his old life. So we're able, to, we're able, you know, <laughs> add some scenes and do some interesting things with him. Uh, again, with Lewis coming back was like he was hurt, and now when they reintroduce him themselves to each other you know he's just getting back in the swing of things himself so like i I don't know like he doesn't have much to do there on that part you're right it seems like could he be part of this like dirty cop thing he's not so um nothing to see here and instead of dealing with lewis what's more important is his connection to his family and uh his wife and kid so um wife and kid is replacing lewis's importance in the reboot which is why you know you're like, what do I do with this character in my head? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Because um, there's nothing for him to do. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good point. But even with the wife and kid kind of replacing Lewis's role, they still don't, I mean, they're part of you know his life before he became a RoboCop, but he's not like the RoboCop in the original. Like He's not completely machined. Like, he still has his humanity like, after the surgery, right? He still right. thinks and acts the way that Alex Murphy did before. So he doesn't need them to become human because he still kind of acts like a human. And even when the, um the dopamine levels go down, I guess, and then for some reason he becomes a robot, uh more robotic, um, he doesn't even use his family to kinda snap out of it necessarily. He just kinda does. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's not by anything that his wife actively did like mostly she's just there complaining to omnicorp like let me see my husband she doesn't really have much to do i want to talk to your manager (laughs) (laughs) pretty much and then she's like a hostage at the end so it's
2: like well now you're
0: fucking up shit (laughs) come on
2: there's a scene when the wife was like oh your son's kind of more withdrawn he's not talking you know he's He's avoiding things. He's, he's scared. And he goes to this whole, like, sequence where he's looking at the levels of anxiety and, you know, stress on his wife and then on his kid. And you're like, okay, the level of stress on his kid. And then the kid saw him get uh, car bomb, So, it was like, okay, that's when he was stressed, too. So, I'm like, oh, this guy's going to go talk to his kid, you know, and that's going to, like, bring, bring <laughs> us all together. And he's like, my kid, my wife, my wife, my kid, my murder. <laughs> Hmm. who did this? and then he's looking at the stress levels on himself and i'm like wait a <laughs> minute dude. what you just left your wife at this police station didn't say anything to her notice that your kid is going through a hard time and your reaction is i gotta go solve my murder <laughs> what a what a fumble dude <laughs> i yes i was
0: totally thinking he was gonna go to see his family and kind of you know, kind of recapture that humanity that he had when he was initially Robocop. But no, yeah, he does just, I'm going to be a detective now and try to solve my murder. That's it. yeah. Yeah.
2: Wow. <laughs> what a pivot from what I thought yeah. we were going to do. It would have been much better if he went back huh. home and had to reconnect with his family. Yeah. I feel like we're kind of doing what they did in the reboot. So we've introduced the scenario. Maybe we should introduce the characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Abby Cornish is Clara
0: Murphy.
1: Get out of the way. Alex, put down the gun. Clara.
0: And jean Paul Rutten as David Murphy. John yeah, Paul not much to say. Yeah, <laughs> he's there, he, he watches baseball with his dad in the beginning. He says he taped a baseball game later and he's a hostage at the end. <laughs> That's yeah. his
2: character arc. Yeah. Abby Corners definitely gets more to do, but not much more, right? Like. Like I said, just of- complaining. She's just complaining. Yeah, Where's is. my husband? I want my husband. You're my this husband. This isn't how my husband normally acts. Hmm. I don't know you, what you did to my husband, but I want to figure that out.
0: I want to touch that hand. <laughs> that hand. Use, use that hand on
2: me. Yeah, yeah. It, and honestly, dude, uh, without really getting into the ending, the push pull of Michael Keaton wanting to talk to Abby Corners and not wanting to talk to Abby Corners was very jarring too. This like, get his wife out here. Bring his wife back. Get the wife, the wife dude. <laughs> Pick one. Is she in this scene or is she out of this scene? I think what throws off the uh, the wife character, too, is after Alex Murphy gets murdered in the reboot, they, they have an interaction, but it's not like a real memory. Or it is a real memory, but it's being reconstructed basically. So, like, I think at that point, I was already kind of checked out on the wife. Because, like, is what I'm seeing real? You know? Um... Obviously throughout the rest of the movie it is, but like, I don't know. It just felt kind of undermining to have her first like long scene with him be kind of like basically a dream sequence. Right. Yeah. They really, they, they dropped the ball with that
0: relationship, relationship between him and his wife and him and his kid. I'm just thinking about it now, like. You know, they give us the family interaction in the beginning of the movie. Not much really happens there. Like, even when him and his wife are alone, there's, like, this weird tension in the air, but they just decide to bang. So we don't really get anything there. And then when he comes home as Robocop, this should be a huge moment in the film. Like, I'm home for the first time, seeing my wife and kid in person for the first time. I've been away for months. You know, I almost died, but here I am. Here's this huge moment for, like, emotion. And then it just cuts like we don't spend any time with his wife or his family like how did it go did they accept him is he gonna live there like i want to know what's going on i want to see how this family dynamic is going to work out now that he's robocop and they completely just no we don't we don't care about that let's go back to omnicorp and talk about how robocop works and how we're going to take over the world and shit they really needed to focus on that family a lot more and they didn't at all
2: yeah yeah and i think that 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 was a huge huge problem honestly the family dynamic in the original film though we like don't get them and we get these flashbacks like there's they use this nice little bit of misdirection with the wife was like mm-hmm. i have something to tell you it was like oh is he having trouble at home it was like no shoot, wife loves him <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> like, oh you got me movie
2: you got me <laughs> i was like oh man like what's this about because like there is so much tension and um violence in the movie i'm like is Murphy like okay with his family? And it uh, turns out, yes, he was. <laughs> so it's even more tragic that they're gone because they had a good connection. They also, in the reboot, um, I think they're trying to make Abby Cornish too important in the film because she's basically the one that has to choose to make him RoboCop,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which I think, um, honestly, signing a bullshit waiver when you first start your job is a, to me, kind of a cooler way to become RoboCop <laughs> being like, well, what kind of life is that gonna be? It's like, it's not really your choice. You know? Like it they imply that he could survive the car explosion. So for someone else to be in charge of like whether or not he uh became RoboCop seemed like a weirdly kind of arbitrary and dubious in terms of ethics way of like getting into this movie again not a major deal but just like i don't think you should make his wife have to make that choice
0: i think it's uh the movie really trying to like over explain everything because in the original film it's a little confusing there too because mm-hmm. like he gets shot in the head and it's like oh he's dead and then he's not dead because they're at the hospital they're trying to bring him back to life but then he is then he dies while they're operating on him So a dead guy became RoboCop. It's a little muddy there (laughs) how exactly Uh, they did that. So I think they're like, in the reboot, they're like, okay, he's not dead. He's really badly burnt. He lost some limbs. Um, Since he's still alive, we can't just do anything we want to him. So we need to get consent from the wife. So we're going to add this scene here. And that's kind of, yeah, that's the most important scene she really has. Because she's the one that
2: decides he's going to be RoboCop. Right. Right. What I will say this that uh it is kind of muddy with like the trauma center with in the original movie and how everything goes goes back and forth. But a line that threw me off in the reboot was when he's looking at his brain, he's like, That's not my brain. It was like, how do you know?" <laughs> how do you you, you know? see your brain every morning, Alex Murphy. <laughs> Got my, my my brain mirror looking good. <laughs> but I don't know. Um yeah, I, I'm not gonna say that the original you know, expertly explains its universe and like right. has this cohesive um, storyline that, that they're saying. But I think what the original movie was going for was like a certain tone and a certain aesthetic. And I think they pull that off. The remake, you know, tonally, I think what the issue is, is that there's just too many threads that we're pulling at, at once. And some are far more important than others, which kind of goes back to what we are saying about Valen and kind of what we're saying about like the the bad like who is the bad guy? I think there, there's a lot of open questions in the movie that's trying to answer questions, um, and uh, I'm not 100 percent sure how they landed there, but you know that's where they landed. Should we go on to
0: a character who that is only in the reboot and not in the original?
2: Yeah, absolutely, Mister Sam Jackson's Pat Novak. How many like Thomas King will pay for their crimes now? That Robocop is
0: here. Who starts the movie. So, oh, yeah. that must be an important character. And he's just kind of this, he's pretty much like Fox News, right? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah. just right wing, like, we need military in America now. Or he's just, you know, a cheerleader for us getting robotic police in this country and I guess he kind of lays out the world that we live in now because he does explain how Omnicorp has taken over and he's important for that. But, yeah. um, you know, he is the news anchor. I'll, so I'll say this. He's a news anchor, but the way they show the news isn't like I'm watching the news. It's like, it's kind of like behind the scenes because I can see the cameras that they're doing. I don't see any of like the HUDs or anything. I don't see the names or the people he's talking to or anything so it's not like you're watching news it's like you're in the studio itself Mm -hmm. you know and i say that because the original robocop does have news segments but it's like we're watching the news it's not like i'm in the studio it's like i just turn the news on and you know they're both kind of satirical in what they do because yeah like i said the reboot's doing like it's fox news thing but like the level of satire we have in the original is we might talk about this a little bit more too, but, um, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And it really helps to balance the, the violence
2: we have. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's so many like funny moments. Cause like, it is kind of like, um, it's an interesting storytelling device. that like, it, it falls into the background. Like, cause technically you're kind of watching this through the news. I mean, the way it's presented is like, you get those satirical commercials and stuff like that. And, like, there's no other reason why that would make sense other than you were, like, getting briefed on what was happening in the news. But it doesn't feel like that, Um, ultimately. I guess in some ways maybe that's sort of like this reboot, too. But, like, the reboot feels like it's coming in when there's major moments in the movie. And it's, like, it does this, like, reset. It's like, huh, what will people think about this type of uh, robot? What will people think about this build? And stuff like that. And... To your point about importance, like he, he starts the film out uh, and way he closes the film out, he's talking throughout the film. Does he have stock in Omnicorp? Is he like working with Michael Keaton? Is he doing anything other than reporting the events that are happening in the film? It's very strange, and it feels like a cop out to just have Samuel L. Jackson. Be um, I don't know. There could have been a deeper connection to this news network in this corporation and uh if it is deeper it's not apparent to me casually watching the movie
1: yeah
0: like i said before i was unsure who the villain was i did think sam jackson would have a bigger role or at least a connection to omnicorp other than just having them on the show but yeah he's just pretty much a background player and not really important just kind of mr exposition or Kind of finger on the pulse of where the country, rest of the country feels about robots, but I thought he would play a much bigger part and like have that secret tie to Omnicorp, and then like you know maybe he'd be the puppet master. I, that's what I thought he'd be. I mean, like Sam Jackson, right? Yeah, let's let's yeah. have him be the big baddie. It's like okay, that's great. No, <laughs> he's just gonna tell us some shit in the news and uh, you know say motherfucking the way that he says it.
2: <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. I, by the way, it's like. In the original, we know that the news people are background because they're, they're quite literally background. Um, and they, I always like this word, universe building. They build out this this universe by being so casual about things that are like not very casual. Oh, for uh, Star Wars peace laser. <laughs> <laughs> misfired 137 known deaths. I'm like, wow, you guys are... <laughs> very uh, nonchalant about this about california burning right now um and like it's dark and it's funny and i think that um you could say that about the movie writ large actually is that it's dark and funny at the same time uh and then this remake you know if the news is kind of sort of occupying that same space in terms of narrative then I guess uh, it's confusing and I'm not sure why it's there. <laughs> I feel like the ball was dropped, like you mentioned. Like Sam Jackson had that classic, oh, this looks like a bad guy. Uh, look about him. And yeah. they, they go nowhere with it, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, he had crazy hair. Just reminded me of like when he was in No Unbreakable. I was like, all right, so he's Sam Jackson with crazy hair? Villain. Got it. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Really dropped the ball there. <laughs> like I said, just added to my confusion about who the villain was in this movie and...
2: Yeah, it's just eh, not a great character. (laughs) Not necessary. When you're the last one talking in a movie, um, you should be more important than this character ends up kind of being.
0: I don't know why they didn't do what the original did. Like, it was there. Like I said, the blueprint's there. Let's do the parody. Let's just have... You didn't have to be Sam Jackson. You just had some, like, news anchor and just spouting out ridiculous news nonsense shit just like Fox News does don't mean to get political but they do and and, like just shoot it that way like exactly the way that they do it and then you could have like that one-to-one kind of connection like oh like they did it like in the original but now they're doing it like this news network and it was just so good in the original and it, it was so important too because without all that humor and absurdity it's just a really violent and kind of depressing movie and to like have these moments of parody and like satire it's just like It really does remind you, like, oh yeah, I'm watching a movie. Okay. This isn't, this isn't like this. This isn't really happening. This isn't some serious shit. The reboot treats itself so seriously. Yes. There's no levity. There's no joy. And I feel like that's really important in the Robocop
2: world. Yeah. Am I I crazy? I mean, as much as, you know, we both like the series, it's called Robocop. Yeah. Like we're not. We're, this isn't Shakespeare, you know. Like, um, uh, what makes the original work is like you mentioned this parody, satirical take on it. It's absurd that uh, a robot just walks down the street, shoots everything moving. You know, like it's absurd that uh, Dick Jones sends like Clarence to go after Bob. You know what I mean? Like it's all it's all absurd. But because the news people kind of like let us know, it is absurd. It's like. Okay, that feeling that you have isn't an accident; it's on purpose. You know, um, to be able to take the uh, the big laser and say, "Oops, we shot California," lets me know that, like, okay, in this universe, the government can accidentally blow up California. Um, Detroit can just be a uh, bankrupt city with, like, like police die by the dozens daily. I don't know how they stay staffed or employed but like you know it's all this stuff that if you don't have this parody angle you say like is are they serious about this but because you know they're not it works this remake because they're trying to be serious um when dumb stuff happens i'm like that's kind of dumb
0: <laughs> yeah it's just the humor works really well It just like you said, world building, it's, it's a fun world to watch, but man, it's definitely a world you wouldn't want to live in. (laughs) These people are horrible and they watch stupid shows. I mean, I love that. I'd buy that for a dollar. I mean, what a classic show within a movie. It's, it's so good. Um, To not have anything like that at
2: all in the reboot just is a complete misstep. I I don't know why you didn't have any parody. I mean, like it shouldn't be a funny scene, but it is, like, the mayor of Detroit's been, like, kidnapped by, like, I guess, the ex-mayor or something like that, mm-hmm. and he has his list of demands, he's like, uh, a helicopter's like, and I want a car, with well, shitty, might- <laughs> <laughs> but then you watch the, uh, the 6,000 SUX commercial, 8.2 miles per gallon, like, <laughs> that's funny as hell, dude, characters in the movie drive that car, and mm-hmm. blow up that car. So like you getting all this payoff, like if you just blow up a car, like eh, they blow up a car, it's the car from the scene. <laughs> Plus the guy was talking about it, like it makes you laugh again.
0: Yeah, and gas at the gas station is it's over five dollars for gas too. So it's yeah. just even more absurd. It just it's there's so many levels, <laughs> and yeah. it's it's the payoff is so so high. It's so great. Even, I
2: love it. Even like you were saying, TJ Laser, like. <laughs> Like it, weirdly enough, that is the origin of RoboCop's signature <laughs> move, and it's like a throwaway like TV show that his kid likes to watch. Like I, I don't know, man. Just this stuff is so smart because when you when you spin a movie, it's like a lot of people don't want to watch a cop have his hand shot off yeah. by a bunch of like goons and, and criminals, but. When you backdrop with these moments, it's like okay, we can we can kind of laugh and go with what otherwise is horrific because they made it kind of funny and they made it like this isn't real, guys. Just like Slumdog, mm-hmm. and We're that's what
0: it worked incredibly well. And that's why Paul Verhoeven ultimately did the movie. Initially, he read the script, he didn't want to do it because it took it so took itself so seriously, and then it was his wife that convinced him and just you know gave him the idea of like there's a lot of potential for satire here and i think you should dive into that and he did and the movie is as good as it is because of the satire without yes. the satire it's kind of it's almost like a run-of-the-mill movie it's kind of just like eh, all right guy becomes a robot cop all right but the satire just brings it to a whole nother level
2: yeah yeah it's like if if you're making a movie called robocop because we've seen movies like this like you said run in the mill where it has an equally dumb name, and is trying so hard to like make the dumb thing cool, and you can't make the dumb thing cool, unless <laughs> unless the dumb thing is kind of like making fun of us for being dumb for liking the dumb thing. <laughs> it's like, okay, I do like the, the robot with the leg holster with the, a gun that doesn't make any sense in terms of its dimensions. <laughs> It's one of my favorite movie guns uh, of all time, by the way. Just the way the action on it and everything like that.
1: Yeah. That fucking gun. Again, like if you're
2: gonna put, uh, uh, if you're gonna put Weller in that uh, that hot suit that he couldn't fit into the uh, cars, (laughs) (laughs) like if you're gonna make the guy sit in his underwear and just film the top of him in the costume. At least make it fun, and they did that, and they made it a lot of, lot of fun.
0: They made it a lot of fun because there is a lot of violence, so maybe we should pivot to the action here? Sure. All right. So, this is Paul Vierhoven. We talked about how bloody it was um, during our Total Recall episode, and yeah, this is a bloody, bloody, bloody movie. I mean, just... just let's start with... um alex murphy's death because uh because we can do a one-to-one there i want to start yeah i do want to start with alex murphy's death just because like i said i saw this movie when i was way too young and just to see how they torture this guy like we don't have a lot of time with alex murphy before he's robocop we just know he's he's a cop he might be a good cop might be a bad cop we don't spend enough time with him we know he has a son and he learned this move for his son so he's probably a good dad because he wants Mm -hmm. to you know keep his son happy and stuff like that so To put him in this situation where he's brutally tortured, I don't know how to say this. It's just, it's a movie death that is just, like, in the top tier of, like, movie death. This is how you kill a character. This is insane. The amount of bullets (laughs) that went through Alex Murphy, and just, like, the blood that they show, and the way that like the whole gang is just like laughing and like joking about it and like, you know, teasing Alex. It's like, Oh, does yeah. it hurt? Does it hurt? It's just like so violent, so over the top, so absurd, so memorable, so incredible. Yeah. I don't, and it makes you feel for Alex because like, you don't know this guy. And then he's been put through hell like immediately. And you're just like, Oh my God, this poor guy.
1: It really yeah. puts you on his
2: side right away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, like we mentioned it his intro is so brief. There's not much to it. Like he mentioned, he has a family. So we know that seems like he's a decent dad and he wants to drive the car. That's, that's basically everything we know about this character before he gets murdered. And like you mentioned, because it's such uh like out there, torturous death that like, you're like, wow, what they did to that guy was messed up. <laughs> and um, it allows you that like, if he wants to go on like some sort of like, Revenge journey. Oh, I get that. I saw how the guy died. Yeah. No, nope. like these villains are irredeemable so when, um, again, you you get your first bit of violence so that we'll accept your other violence because it is hard to basically torture kill a cop in a movie, but when you give the cop the opportunity to become a robo-cop <laughs> and get his revenge, then it allows us to see him do things that, like, in the wrong context, a lot of the things that RoboCop does in this movie are actually, like, not good at all. Like, uh, um, in the current sort of, like, political <laughs> and police climate, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, some of the moves that he, he does, uh, I don't know if people would respond in the same way.
0: <laughs> That's a fair point. But because we saw Alex Murphy get tortured like that, <laughs> we're, we're going to give him some slack and be like, all right, well, this guy had to go through hell, and he's, he is a good RoboCop. He's not a corrupt RoboCop. So um, he is stopping the bad guys. Um, very uh,
2: very Wizard of Oz there. He's a good robot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Yeah, they brought that up in the reboot. If yeah. he only had a hot. So let's go to Alex Murphy's death in the reboot. Um, car bomb. Car bomb. Uh, pretty quick. Not, you know, obviously violent. <laughs> it's a bomb. Cool. But we don't. Really focus on it again. It's PG thirteen. Not allowed to get away with a lot of blood. You know, we've seen car bombs in movies before. I'm just thinking Casino and stuff like casino that. Is one of the best car bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's pretty rough. But you know, the long, drawn out torture scene that Alex Murphy had to do in the original, I just, I just don't think. I don't know how you could top that. So it might have been a smart choice just to make it a car bomb. Like, like we we can't really compete with that. So here's a car
2: bomb. Yeah. I- I don't know, like, you're right, especially in PG 13. I don't think there's a way for you to film that and show, like, a torture's death that, like, works the same at all. Uh, I think you'd actually physically have to, like, imply torture for it to even <laughs> get there. But, like, that's not gonna work either, to your point, because you're not gonna get nearly as many squibs into this guy
1: <laughs> as
2: they <were> able to, <laughs> to a Robocop. So, you know, I mean, you're right, the car bomb is fast. We see a little bit of the aftermath because, like, like we mentioned, his wife has to sign off on him becoming a good RoboCop. <laughs> um, so you know, we see that you know he's missing a leg and he's burned up and stuff, and he's not going to be able to do anything that like he normally would be able to. But yeah, when you start at one of the greatest movie deaths of all time, uh, and you boil it down into a car bomb, I, mean, I think you're right. Like. You almost have to just concede, we're not going to be able to pull this off. Moving on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I don't hate that decision. I, you know, if you have a problem with it, I think the biggest problem is just the PG-13 rating. Because that really limits what you can do. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. car bombs, it's okay. Should we just go into the action of the movie too? Because it's, because it's PG-13, it's very limited what they could do when they show violence. Um, a lot of it is Robocop shooting robots. Yeah. They they kind of did like the, what the Ninja Turtles did like in the Ninja Turtles in the comics they killed like actual ninjas and then in the cartoon they killed robots they kind of did a Ninja Turtles here they have Murphy sure. killing a lot of robots
2: yeah it's like it kills a lot of robots even when he is shooting at normal people like uh, you know it gave me big like video game vibes like Doom or like Duke Nukem type deal because like video game vibes yeah. they'll they'll go to like a thermal camera so you're not seeing humans getting shot you're kind of seeing like outlines of humans getting shot uh you see a lot of his targeting systems so it's like targeting system bullets flying you don't really see where these bullets are landing all the time and um it's uh you know it's a slick kind of aesthetic that's been i think done so much that like It felt like, all right, I mean, I could just go play Call of Duty, you know, if this is what you're going to show me. Um, So, yeah, the PG-13 rating, I think, is probably what's causing a lot of this uh, implied violence versus actual, like, action, you know? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, it really did feel like a video game, those action scenes. It was just, like, completely, it's all CGI, you could tell. And then it's just, like, very fast-paced very quick and it's like you got the music just blasting and it's like, yeah. yeah all right so i i did kind of check out during those action oh, scenes in the reboot I know, it's, it, what can you do like it's
2: it, so limited if someone is watching this hasn't seen the movie for whatever reason um i mean just like go play time crisis like that's what <laughs> the action felt like in this movie you
1: know
0: now the original there's so much violence maybe we should get to a character we haven't really talked about that's ed 209 please put down your weapon
1: you have 20 seconds to comply
0: the real robocop because he's really a robot he's more like a cyborg cop alex murphy um ed 209 and the original you know dick jones big failure in the board meeting do you want to talk about this because you yeah yeah i love
2: this scene so much you know like, Dick Jones is doing his corporate presentation. And he's like, the future of military tech. Um, you know, Ed 209. You see this thing come out with um, may- maybe one of the weakest points of the movies, but, like, really well done. Is stop motion. Yeah. You get this, um, you know, robot design. Like, you see the actual, like, whatever prop that they made with this Gatling guns for hands. Like, this, he's not doing any, like... Um, He's not helping kids cross the street. That's not the type of policing <laughs> this guy's doing. His hands are guns. <laughs> <laughs> Edward scissor, guns. Yep. Uh, <laughs> scissor not, guns. Okay, that's not. I like that. I like that. And um, you know, like I said, with the with the stop motion, they like show the robot kind of like
1: zoo, zoo, boom boom
2: <laughs> into the boardroom. And like Dick Jones is so confident. And again, we see this character shine in this moment of complete failure. When they, they pull out a box it's got a like silver gun and he's like go ahead aim it at Ed 209 and they get Kenny from uh, oh, whatever maybe the copying room I don't know <laughs> to, <laughs> to aim a gun at the robot and you know at this point you're like okay the robot seems to work he's like you have 30 seconds to put down the gun he's like alright robot I got it and the guy's like oh <laughs> this is crazy and he puts the gun down and and everyone's like, all right, cool display, Ed. 15 seconds. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck, man? And, like, you see scientists that can't get the thing to shut down, and, like, he's running around the room, and they're like, pushing, get the hell away from me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, another, like, minutes within the movie, when another horrific movie death, Ed 209, uh, of oh. You know, Full Metal Jacket, guns out, pop, <laughs> pop, 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 pop. Gatling guns this guy to death. <laughs> no one falls out of a window this time, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like you see, this guy full of bullet holes and kind of like foreshadowing what's going to happen to our friend Murphy. And um, look, when you do a corporate board presentation and you kill someone on the board. And your robot didn't work. Well, that's when our boy uh, Bobby Moore is going to step in. And he's going to—I got a different idea. <laughs> and honestly, to a certain extent, Dick Jones really is a bad guy here because how could you not understand that? <laughs> like, you, of course, someone else is going to have to step in. You just honestly, he did him a favor because no one's like arrest. him. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, let's hear about this other robot plan. The less. Kelly robot plan that actually works. What a great scene.
0: <laughs> yeah. Turning Kenny into human Swiss cheese. It, it was just, wow. I remember seeing that. Like, every time I would see like a movie when I was a kid and then like some something bad happens to an adult, I'd always think oh, that's gonna happen to my dad or my mom. <laughs> so it was like, oh man, you don't work with robots, do you? So, yeah. yeah. Incredibly violent. Lots of blood, little squib things just blowing up like all over his body from like his toes to his ears, man. It's it's insanely yeah. over-the-top, the violence, and it definitely sets the tone <laughs> early yeah. on in
2: that movie. Yeah. And, like, again, things that, like, aren't really funny, but, like, in this universe are kind of funny, like, him running around and being like, help me, help me, and, like, people just pushing him away, like, I was like, wow, this is really visceral, and, like, um, and, you know, like, it, it is, in some ways, a commentary on, like, what Human beings are doing that thing. I know I'd push that guy the hell away from me. (laughs) You know? Um, I don't know. that. Like, if you didn't handle that scene properly, it's just this violent thing that, like, you wouldn't know where to reset. But they immediately go right back in the corporate mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They did. (laughs) That was a tough one. Actually, uh, sir, I have another plan. And um, I I just like that, like, the... The RoboCop is kind of like, yeah, you had a better idea, but it like, yeah, you flubbed the presentation. And here's my kind of like junior exec version of the Ed Two Hundred Nine. It's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, their reaction really helps set the tone too, because they're not like horrified, it's like, oh my god, well, poor Kenny. They're just like, well, what do we got to do now, Dick? It's <laughs> so they really do have set that corporate his evil mentality because they don't really give a shit about their coworker who just died. Even like when Bob's in the elevator, like after he successfully laid his pitch onto the old man, he's like, well, what about Kenny? He's like, fuck him. <laughs> like, yeah. Bob, yeah. So Bob, even though he's like the guy who made Robocop, he's still kind of a piece of shit. himself, you know?
2: Yeah. And, um, funny enough, um, one, another one of the trivia things, but like the old man character, like originally he was supposed to be more like obviously evil, but he just kind of played as like a nice old guy. And they like, <laughs> It kind of works. (laughs) Like, I do like that um, the head of the corporation, like, is plausibly a nice guy, even though, like, everyone else is doing all this crazy Mm -hmm. evil. Like, I kind of like that we didn't get bogged down in, like, how bad the old man could be. And, you know, we'll talk about, like, how the movie ends. It kind of pays off in the end, too.
0: But moving on with that 209, so that's his first scene. The second time we see yeah. Ed 209 is when Directive Four kicks in. RoboCop's about to arrest Dick Jones, and then RoboCop's malfunctioning because he can't direct, he can't arrest a uh, high up OCP officer. So he's doing some terrible dancing moves, it's like Elaine and Seinfeld. So yeah, me. <laughs> little kids. Uh, and then Ed 209 just comes back in, like with that Jaguar growl, and just like starts blasting. And then, like, just decimating Robocop, you know, re- cracks his visor so we see his eye. I love that moment. And then, you know, after all this intense action of Ed 209, Robocop's just like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. He just runs down the stairs. And Ed 209's like, Yeah, I'm gonna chase him. And then Ed 209 <laughs> is just like, Oh shit, stairs. <laughs> what is uh-huh. this? So it's like, it's like a little kid just like slowly putting its huge foot on it and then like, Gets it there. It's like, okay, I'm good. And then immediately, <laughs> comedically timed perfectly, just slips, falls, <laughs> and starts crying like a little fucking baby. Yeah. I love that moment. It
2: <laughs> such a good moment. Such a good moment. Of like... <laughs> The the amount of time too, it's like the perfect amount of time of him testing the stairs, and <laughs> yeah. being like, all right, <laughs> okay. and it just like, you know, Charlie Brown and Lucy it like down the stairs. It's so funny, and like, what's even better is like RoboCop doesn't finish jobs like, up. Right. Like, all right. <laughs> I mean, you, you take these like two badass characters like Ed Two Hundred Nine and RoboCop, you put them in this. Like, serious scenes, like you said, the virus cracked. He's getting shot up. He's got to escape. He didn't know about Directed for. So, like, just seamlessly transitioned into basically slipping on a banana peel on the stairs and then, like, taking Robocop and being like, that was lucky, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> do not know, It's just, like, the movie slips in and out of those tones so well. Mm-hmm. So well. I mean, um, one of the scenes that really stuck out to me even when I was younger was uh the scene with like the creeps that are trying to like uh like sexually assault that woman in, oh, in the movie. Yeah. And like this is one of Robocop's first like missions was like I solve crimes. Mm. <laughs> and uh they're holding like these this guy is trying to like assault this woman and then he grabs her as a hostage and she's like, you yeah, know, help. and Robocop shoots through her skirt or her dress. And just nails this guy in the dick. <laughs> I mean,
1: man, this man, he's got <laughs> oh! Oh!
2: Oh! oh! Just takes a 44 magnum right to this guy's uh, you know, uh, family jewels, and I'm like,
1: whoa.
2: Yeah. Whoa. And like this movie will do that. And the next scene, say, like, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that they're able to, like, Paul who is able to just, just play that line so expertly. I, I really can't think of a lot of other movies that are able to pull that
1: off.
0: It, it is incredible because, like, yeah, there's this woman who's about to get raped, and then he shoots the guy in the dick. So that's funny enough. And then, like, she goes to thank Robocop, and then here's a the victim of sexual assault. And then he's just like, "If you need number for our crisis center," you know. it's like a, this aqua robot trying to comfort this woman in like the worst moment in her life. It's what an balancing act, and he nails it in this movie. It's it's yeah. really
2: incredible, ma'am. You've been. Uh, <laughs> You've been in a high trauma situation. Like, wow, yeah. man. Like, it's just, it's again, like that in itself, like you just mentioned, like that's funny. But like, you just went from a scene where someone's about to get raped to then a person being mutilated <laughs> to like, let me get you a, a phone <laughs> number. I'm, like, you completed this like dark art with a funny joke. <laughs> so they, they do that so often in this movie, and it's like really impressive. Even um, one of the little commercials when they're playing that battleship game is newcom. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I don't
1: know. They
2: just, they found this tone that just, just works, man.
0: I just want to finish off Ed 209 really quick. Yeah. So that was our second encounter with Ed 209. We just recap. And then the third encounter with Ed 209, it's like, well, now it's Murphy like, versus Ed 209. And Murphy yeah. don't fuck around because Murphy's got those fun guns that the uh, Clarence and his boys had. So as soon as Ed 209's like, he's getting ready to attack Murphy's like fuck that just blows him away with one shot it's like yep. so satisfying I just I just love <laughs> I don't know I just love <laughs> the simplicity of it yeah like, yeah like Indiana Jones right like the guy's got a sword Indiana Jones just has got a gun Pfft, fuck this shit it's <laughs> so good
2: how they do it in this movie that, that's one of my favorite movie trivia things too was like Harrison Ford was kind of sick and he was like eh, yeah I don't want to do the <laughs> <laughs> I just, just shoot him <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like it's Again, even that simple scene is a cool reveal. 'Cause like he just walks up and he's behind the car and so he's like, All right, it's just Robocop. How's he gonna take on Ed two oh nine? He just wraps <laughs> up the rifle and like, Wow. And like like he mentioned, that aftermath of like it rips Ed two oh nine in half. So you took the most formidable thing in the movie, you took Robocop, who like is the second most formidable thing in the movie, and you just put Robocop over Ed two oh nine because he grew up. A great scene, man.
0: Fantastic. We do have Ed 209 in the reboot. We have several yeah. Ed 209s. Um, we, we see them in the opening scene, and I, I don't know exactly what country it is, but, you know, just walking the streets of the country, and then, you know, their Ed 209s kind of reminded me of like Metal Gear 4, just these walking <laughs> robots walking down the streets. It
1: did.
0: And uh, he's okay, I guess. Um, Robocop does fight a bunch of Ed 209s at the end of the movie. But, you know, we don't have any cool introduction to them. They kill a kid. That's like,
2: yeah.
1: fuck.
0: That's terrible. Like, what am I watching, dude? <laughs> like, show me a guy in an executive meeting getting blown away and then immediately, like, somebody coming in to, like, pitch their idea for a human cyborg thing. But, like, to just have it kill a kid it's like, all right, well, that, I guess that robot is evil and it sucks. But, like, right. we don't really do anything with the Ed 209s until the end. And it's like, it, it's not satisfying, I guess.
2: It's no, it. no. And like we mentioned in, in the original film, like you mentioned, the three separate Ed 209 interactions. Mm-hmm. Ed kills Kenny or whatever. That, whoa, crazy. Uh, Kenny dies in a similar way that Alex Murphy dies. So I was like, all right, Ed 209 is nothing to mess with. That's like seven guys shooting you at uh, point-point <laughs> range. The second interaction with Ed 209 getting the upper hand on him. Like, okay, like Ed 209, like rock, paper, scissors, Ed 209 beats... <laughs> Robocop. <laughs> you know. Um Robocop beats some guys junk, but like, you know, <laughs> you know that's how that works. But then uh you know, staircasing is funny, but like doesn't really minimize Ed two oh nine because if there isn't a stair <laughs> if there's no stairs, <laughs> Ed two oh nine's gonna win. Yeah, yeah. So like you have all these different opportunities with Ed two oh nine and like because the way the movies split, there's basically team uh You know, Team Dick uh, and then Team sort of Morton. All right, like Ed 209, there's a reason for Ed 209 to kind of win out this battle. When you're looking at the reboot, what was really confusing for me, and I think, again, the movie confuses things, is that Robocop's able to fight all these Ed 209s and he's running the simulation or something like that. And what's weird about that is I'm glad that it works because, like, the scene's actually one of the better action sequences in the movie. But like is his technology better than their technology when he had the scene where alex murphy couldn't shoot as fast as a regular robot when he's fighting the robot later like okay i get that he's like integrated to the software but his software is so much better that he can just take out seven things that are presumably running the same software i just i was confused about
1: that
0: yeah they didn't really establish how threatening Ed 209 can be, I think is the major problem of right. the climax of the movie because we, we saw him make Kenny Swiss cheese. We saw him take out, almost take out Robocop halfway through the movie. We haven't seen Ed 209 really taken anybody other than a kid.
1: Right. And
0: you know, he's a big robot. I mean, there, and there's a bunch of them and he got big guns, looks imposing, but we don't know how he's going to stack up against Robocop. And then apparently <laughs> you just need to be a normal civilian. And he, completely shuts down that's his staircase kryptonite he lewis jumps in front and saves robocop because there is a point where like the ed 209s are just blasting and almost killing robocop but then lewis jumps in and is able to stop him so right that happens um but you never you didn't set him up earlier in the movie so i'm not really caring about the matchup between robocop and ed 209 it was just set up so much brilliantly
2: in the original yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, like stop motion. You know, I we've talked about it in the past. Like, I'm generally not as big on it. It's not my favorite thing. Um, except if you're watching the Terminator, um, but uh, but like in this moment, like I thought it worked really well with just getting the scope of like the imposing nature of Ed Two Hundred Nine um, in the original film in this remake, you know, shooting like a kid and it doesn't really work, and there's just too many moments that undermine the Eds in general in this remake because, like, we see the sequence where uh, Alex Murphy's able to take out a bunch of the smaller, more, like, cybernetic, humanoid robots, and he does that pretty much with ease, um, and he's even able to take out that sort of side bad guy that we have. Um, So, like, Ed 209, like you mentioned, he doesn't have that same allure because we don't get that kind of first scene. So when he's just taking them on, like the only reason this is a problem is because there's more than one Ed 209.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh in that original film, one Ed 209 is enough to take out uh any number of RoboCops. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a good, it's a good establishing kind of shots to make this fight feel clean and climatic versus the remake, which is like, we don't really see him in action. So my only frame reference is this one fight, really, and it yeah. uh, seems to be very manageable.
0: Yeah, you did bring up a good point earlier Um, how uh, Ed 209 sort of gets replaced by Robocop, like because Ed 209 didn't really work. So we got Robocop here. So it is kind of that, you know, Dick Jones versus Bob Morton's creation, which one is going to win. So it is important that we do see Robocop eventually, you know, get the one up on Ed 209, yeah. able to take him out because he is supposed to be the better or the more advanced technology, I guess. And that's not happening in the reboot. We're not, right. we don't know that Robocop is going to replace these Ed 209s. I mean, we don't know anything about these two. There's not, there's no correlation. There's no relationship. So it doesn't matter that he's fighting them at the end. They're just in his way. But it, right. it really
2: matters in that original film. Right, right. Because uh, the Doris is able to say that like, his theory is that I have the superior robot. And Morton's like, well, I don't, but here's my <laughs> opportunity. And um, so there's always that question mark early on is like, is Robocop able to take on an Ed? And, uh, you know, midway through the movie, your answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and by the end, like, it really, it turns out it's just like really a question of firepower. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. Like, it, It's a much more compelling thing in the original movie because the dichotomy of our villains. And in the remake, like I said, I don't... There's no dichotomy. They're all kind of using the same operating system. Why is one better than the other? Like, that's the question for me. Because mm. by, by their own admission, um, this RoboCop as well is not as good as this other technology. But... It's not like Team A versus Team B, okay? Like make make one less shitty or make one better, you know? Like tweak it. I don't know. There's too much tweaking of RoboCop in the movie, so I don't know where RoboCop stands at any given moment in the film.
0: Any other action sequences you want to talk about in either film? Um, um, the first robbery is kind of funny with the guy going "Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me." Yeah. Fuck me, fuck me. I mean, I just wanted to say that because it's a funny scene.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, the toxic waste in the, <laughs> the oh, remake. Oh, right. the, the toxic waste in the original. Yes, the toxic waste. Oh, man.
0: Poor meal. This this terrified terrified me as a kid. I did not want to play in any toxic waste after this movie. Let me tell you, yeah. the makeup and prosthetics that they did incredible. It was just oh my god. We love practical effects. They hold up so well in this original RoboCop film. Yeah, when I mean, he's like his skin's melting and it's like oh man. Like when he yeah. goes up to Nash and he, he's freaking out. I'd be like yeah, I'd be that freaking out too. <laughs> Wow! What an amazing makeup job and prosthetics. Yeah, can't say enough about. Um, I got to give him a shout out again, just because Rob, Button, and team. What amazing, amazing job, guys! It's
2: it's such it's such a good scene too, because like we're getting into like kind of like our climax before the climax, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you're taking on the the Roger game that has caused you so much strife. This whole time and uh you mentioned it. it's like oh he's got to jump on me it's like fuck you RoboCop, and nope slipped <laughs> in you drove at first into <laughs> toxic waste and um the fact that like the van doors open up and all the waste comes out of it and then you get that reveal i mean it's just such a really really again dark scene that gets funny at times where you're like get the hell man <laughs> like they just, I, again, once again, they play in that space so well. And it, it just, because that's a fairly long scene. Like, his progression kind of like breaking down, again, talking about the prosthetics and stuff. He goes to different levels of, like, melting,
1: I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and um they get to, they get to mess with that so well. And I just, I, I mean, I really appreciate that sequence even though like ultimately is it that important no but it was cool to watch i'm
0: just gonna go to the reboot i guess really quickly like they do mention like a type of bullet that could like pierce the robocop armor how do we stop them 50 caliber and above and they bring it up several times and like different people at different points in the movie have it, but it never seems like the threat it should be. Is that just me? Like they keep bringing up this fucking ammo in the reboot and then like they keep shooting Robocop, but it doesn't really seem to be even slow him down at any point. These bullets. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it didn't seem that necessary, like important because like they bring it up and they don't really use. Um, like the biggest
0: damage he had was when he shot his own arm off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the biggest touch to
2: Robocop was Robocop. It seems I also thought stupid. like the line about like if he were if uh they got a clean shot on him, he'd feel the most pain he's ever felt. Ever.
1: If Maddox hits you, everything but your life support will shut
2: down. You'll feel more pain than you've ever felt in your life. I'm like, Why? <laughs> <laughs> seems like that doesn't need to happen. Uh, given the technology, because like if you can pump a guy with dopamine, couldn't you, like, oh, in a fail-safe scenario where you get shot, we just pump him so much adrenaline, you're not going to feel anything? Like, yeah. Like, kind of like a regular human being. <laughs> you know? You made him less, like, at least we could go in a shot, you know? Like, this guy just, nope, it's the most pain you're ever going to feel. <laughs> but he's, like, not even, he's just a, lungs, a head, and a hand. How much pain is he going to really go? It's it's so weird. Yeah, because in that scenario, it's like, you built that in. Like, (laughs) like, you know, because we see this lung brain thing, right, Um, we know, like, the kind of human parts of this uh, RoboCop and, like, when he takes damage and, like, there's different holes that end up in his suit and stuff like that, like, we kind of know, sort of, what the end game for him would be depending on where you shoot him. You don't really know that in the original film, like, um, I guess like the face maybe, but like, um, he's just much more robotic because we don't have that reveal. So like, as he's getting damaged, I'm not as concerned about him. And honestly, I'm not concerned about the reboot guy either, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I do know that he's more vulnerable, at least from what I've seen, but to your point it didn't matter because they keep talking about this bullet and. um you know, the old Chekhov's gun theory. If you bring up a gun in the first act, you got to use it before the end of the, uh, the play. And uh, if you bring up the super bullet, someone better at least chamber it. I mean, they, so they used
0: have- it. They used it on him. Like when he went to kill Valen, like all his men had the bullet. It didn't slow him down at all. He was able yeah. to kill all of them and Valen without any issues. Yeah, And it was like a rocket or like a hand grenade or something or a grenade launcher or something. That was like the biggest threat. It wasn't even the specific bullet. It was, it was so weird. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I will say another um, interesting scene in the original was when uh, the cops are basically like told to like take him out and like just that SWAT team of cops oh, yeah. shooting at him. Like I thought that was like really, uh, really cool scene and just like, oh, <laughs> I like, it's kind of more of the same in the movie. Like, basically, everyone's getting shot at <laughs> with that frequency, but it was pretty cool. Don't
0: really have much to talk about. I do want to just talk about the music a little bit. Yeah. Because, yeah, all awesome. right. So, during that scene you're talking about, the only thing I remember is the music. So, because that amazing score of the original Robocop. I mean, Basil Pordoris, I mean, he wrote an iconic theme. I love the that Robocop theme? theme. It's one of my favorite movie themes. Wow. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I love the RoboCop movie theme. It, it's so iconic, and they did use it very briefly in the reboot. So at least they did that right.
2: Yeah, I did hear it in the reboot, and when I heard it, I was like, "That's that should be it." Um, should sure. that theme is just like it's very kind of like bombastic. It like introduces it's like a stinger. It's like you introduce this character when that comes on. You know, RoboCop's action. You know, a good song like that in a movie like this is like yeah, that feels like what RoboCops do. Like, that sound coming out of the speaker is RoboCop to me. it just It's perfect. It really is.
0: And there's not really,
2: I guess, any
0: pop songs. I mean, he goes to the club to get Nash one time, so you do hear some music in the background. I think that's uh, I think it might be a skinny puppy song to anybody who likes industrial music. I think it's a mm-hmm. skinny puppy song. But, um, yeah, it's a very, you know, orchestral score. And then they kind of do that in the reboot, but, like, when they go to the action sequences, then it gets kind of to that, like to that, that rock music and just like yeah. trying to be cool. And it just isn't it cool <laughs> because it's been done already. So yeah. eh, it's kind of, I've kind of meh on the music in the reboot and love the music of the original.
2: Yeah. No, nah, uh, like you mentioned, reboot, it's been done. It's been done. Yeah. You know, you get some like, like I said, some like back in black playing, like shooting stuff. It's like, got it, seen it, you know, yeah. Um the action is so generic in the remake that it's like whatever. Like you mentioned, the orchestral score works really well in the original, but like again, just that RoboCop theme. When that plays, mm-hmm. it just elevates anything you're seeing on screen. And um that's why it's one of the few songs that actually works in the
1: remote. You
0: know? I'll say the uh the Wizard of Oz song. I thought that worked. I thought that was that, that was good cool. at making Jack Earl Haley's character uh, a nice piece of shit to kind of root against. So I thought that was funny.
2: And you know what? To so be fair, he had one of the stronger characters in the movie. I think if they had let him kind of run about a little bit more, that would have been uh, mm-hmm.
1: that
2: would have been good. It actually reminded me of uh, I forget the actor, but like the bad guy in the movie Elysium. Like, just how crazy he is in the film.
0: Oh, I don't actually, I haven't seen that one.
2: Yeah. It's a Matt Damon kind of future movie. But, like, yeah. there's a guy who's just like, he's just nuts. He comes out and he's just like ready to rip <laughs> off anything. Like, that guy, he didn't quite hit that level of um, villainry, but, like, he was towing that line. And I was like, this guy is scary. Why don't we use more of him? And it's that kind of unceremonious end at the uh, film. It's like, all right, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. He was definitely a better villain than Fallon. If they could have figured out a way to kind of make him kind of the guy that is responsible for Murphy's death, I, I think that would have been better just because he's a better character than yeah, Valen yeah. was.
2: I think they, like, told that line of, like, we mentioned that, like, Ed 209 versus Robocop feeling. I think he told that line of, like, my robots are better than you, but he didn't, he didn't embrace it enough. You know, yeah. like, I think his motivation should have been, I screw whatever the top of the corporation was. I want this RoboCop out of here because, like, my stuff's way better, and they don't—they just don't do that.
0: I mean, that's about it. Um, we've been talking about this for a couple of hours now, so I'm pretty good. I yeah. think we touched yeah. on every subject.
2: The well, only thing I'll say is uh, kind of wrap it up because I think we like gloss over We didn't really talk about Gary Oldman's character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. I know he's a major character, but like, he's so wishy washy. Mm-hmm. throughout the film that like you know by the end they try to make him like this good guy but like it's just nah i've seen you do a lot of bad stuff man. yeah <laughs> yeah honestly
0: like they introduce him like he's at this um i guess this clinic where all these amputees like are getting all these robotic limbs and it's like oh he seems like a good guy and then when like um uh, michael keaton's character goes up to him he's like i don't want this used for any like military application or any violence and he's like Oh, no, it won't. it won't. It won't be like that. And it's like, yes, it's immediate, It's exactly what it's for. So it's like, he's completely just like ignoring his morals and his ethics and everything. And then he's like, seems like the good guy, but then he's also the good guy that takes away what humanity Alex has. So it's like, is that's why again I was confused. Is this our baddie? Because you know maybe we're just let leave. He's good, but he's really just kind of going yeah. down this rabbit hole of like evil. Like I do want to control everything. I do want to mm-hmm. make this violent thing. Uh-huh. I do want all the money. And like when yeah. he like almost took the money at the end, he's like, I want ten years of funding, and I want the Murphys taken care of. Like, and I'll kill Robocop. I was like, okay, so I guess he's a villain. But then like they decide to make him good. So
2: I, yeah, I didn't really care for yeah. him. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's just a lack of commitment to uh, to the character. Yes, just what pick one, right? Like that's kind of my my thing. Or like if you don't pick one, make the switch more apparent. Because like, yeah, by then he was willing to do the right thing. But like to your point, he had just accepted like this completely different offer. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. And it wasn't like he put a lot of guardrails or breaks on um, what they were doing in Robocop. He just went with it and actually like his lab assistant was like you you're taking the dopamine level too low he's like take it lower yeah it. You're, you're not a good guy no. so you know i don't care how many senate trials you uh speak at <laughs> you're more responsible than most of the people in the film because you understand the science more
1: yeah
0: so, again added to my confusion who's the villain in this movie didn't really know
1: until
2: the very end so yeah <laughs> That was that character too. <laughs> the ending of the original RoboCop, we've got like, you mentioned the Ed 209 standing off with uh with Robocop. We realize that Dick Jones has basically a fourth directive, fourth directive built into Robocop that he's not aware of. Basically, RoboCop cannot interact with any like uh OCP would you say like senior board members like basically anyone Mm -hmm. at a high level ocp robocop just shuts down and you know he has to get saved by lewis um he has like they basically robocop gets so screwed up between the ed 209 fight and like a bunch of the cops start coming after him that they have to escape lewis gets him out of there we get that super cool reveal of his face in that moment Dick Jones gives uh, Clarence's gang basically a tracker so that they can find RoboCop. They go to the steel mill. They have their their shootout uh, with with the toxic waste and all the other stuff. RoboCop's able to win out that fight, but he's got one last thing to do. He's got to take out Dick Jones. So he goes back to OCP, goes back to the 94th, or one hundred twentieth floor, depending on... (laughs) 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 A little movie trivia there. Um, And he... He faces off against Dick Jones again, this time in front of the whole board. Part of the reason Dick Jones is trying to get rid of RoboCop is because RoboCop has been recording different conversations and he knows all the dirt Dick Jones. RoboCop plays back a sequence, which basically indicates that Dick is basically the bad guy. He goes,
0: he goes, Bob Morton made a mistake and
2: it's time to erase that mistake. I just just love that. (laughs) Sorry. Bob Morton made it and he keeps playing back. I love it. Uh, The old man fires him, which allows RoboCop to boom, shoot him, shoots him, uh, Dick Jones that is, shoots him out of the fucking window (laughs) off of the 95th or 124th floor, whichever one you're watching, and uh, he's like, that's a good shooting kid, this is the old man, It's he's like, what's your name? Murphy. Murphy, oh, RoboCop, (laughs) bam,
1: that's how you
0: end a fucking movie, man, he looks at him. Hell yeah.
1: It's like a mercy. Hell
2: yeah. Man. Does it make sense? No.
0: <laughs> and and but, like, um, Dick Jones, it's stop motion when he's flailing out the window. His arms look ridiculously long
2: <laughs> when he's falling
0: out the window. Yeah, so and that didn't age well, but all the practical effects look pretty good in the movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I just, I love the fact that, like, the technicality is like the old man being like, you're fire. Uh-huh. Like, it's just such a, a clean, good 80s. <laughs> Movie ending there, like a real fire, and boom, and he's fired. he's fired out of a window. It's great remake <laughs> i'll I'll give it a shot,
0: sure, all right, when Alex Murphy is trying to um get the guys that killed him, he goes all the way, you know, he gets valin and like I said, and then he goes to the corrupt cops, and then he goes finds the chief police. And then at that point, he's about to arrest or shoot. I don't know what the fuck he's going to do. But it doesn't matter because Jack Hale, Haley is watching him the whole time. And he shuts him down immediately. And then Robocop is taken back to Omnicorp. And then it's at that point that the there's this whole thing. There's this whole backplot of like the senators have to make this vote if they want the robotic cops in America. So there's a Senate vote happening. He's also like going back and forth with this one specific senator doesn't really fucking matter okay <laughs> anyways so um the vote comes in there are going to be robotic cops in america and at that this point um, michael keaton decides all right we guess we gotta kill robocop because if it gets out if he starts talking to the media or whatever then we're done for so let's kill him so they decide to kill him he talks to the doctor, Gary Oldman's character. He's like, you need to kill him. And then this is when Gary Oldman starts to turn around. And he looks like he was going to do it as long as he gets funding and the wife is taken care of. But he, we know that he's going to go and save RoboCop. And he also tells the wife that, oh yeah, he's going to, he's dead. Uh, We had to, he didn't make it. Sorry about that. Um, Shit happens, whatever. So (laughs) RoboCop uh, gets saved by the doctor and then at that point, he goes to Omnicorp, I think, and he has Lewis help him. And Lewis goes there with a bunch of cops. And Lewis says, you just don't go out there armed, man. We got to go out there unarmed or else we're going to get shot. So then a huge action sequence happens between Robocop and the 209s that we talked about. Uh, Murphy's got to get up uh, to get Sellers. He's got to stop them. Um, so a bunch of fighting happens. Lewis saves Robocop a couple times, saves him from an ed 209. He saves him from Jacker haley's character. Um, but then he gets shot. But it's non-fatal, so it's okay. We don't gotta worry about lewis Lewis. Um, so Robocop then decides to go confront Sellers. But like you said before, the confusion, like, tell his wife she can't come here. I need to see his wife. Now she needs to come up here. So the wife is with Sellers, they're all up on the roof because they're waiting for a helicopter to come because they want to get the fuck out of there before Robocop gets there. Um, They got the wife. And uh, this just comes up um, with uh, Jack Earl Haley's character, like when he's Robocop's going to shoot him, but he has like a red wristband or something that glows and you can't shoot anybody with him. That's why Lewis had to shoot him. And uh, well, wouldn't you know, Michael Keaton Sellers also has that same stupid wristband fucky fuck thingy. So RoboCop's like, I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, you can't out no, with this. And then like, he's, but no, his humanity's winning. He's going to shoot him. He's raising the gun. He shoots him and Sellers shoots him at the same time. It doesn't matter because he's a fucking robot. So we, we knew he wasn't going to fucking die. And uh Sellers is dead on the roof. He gets RoboCops down, but we know he's not going to fucking die. But still we think he's going to die. His family's surrounding him. So probably going to die. I don't know. No, he's not going to die. So that ends Sellers, he's dead. Robocops, we don't know what's happened. Robocop, now we're back on Novak's show. You know, the president, he said, Fuck you, Senate. We're not doing that shit because I talked to the doctor. And you could see that news clip right here. The doctor said they were bad. So because of that, uh, robots will not be in America. And Sam Jackson, still not happy, still very, merry very mad. And we know that Robocop is alive because we see clips of him walking through the laboratory, and then they tease us with the silver-armored RoboCop that they already showed earlier in the movie and took away from us. The
2: end. (laughs) Did I miss anything? Yeah, I mean, one other thing I'll say is that, like, the big issue here, right, is that in the original film, Directive 4 is a mystery. And, like, it comes up a few times, Again, subtly, which may not be the right word for RoboCop, there's like this fourth director that's classified that we don't know about, pretty sweet reveal that like board members can't get shot. Very convenient, ties in the story, very corporate, love it. In the beginning of this movie, you have the red assets, which uh, one of the reporters has to wear a red wristband. So the Ed 209 thingies don't shoot her and whatever Middle Eastern country you're portraying. Um, and then it just shows up again and again. <laughs> and RoboCop yeah. also can't shoot? Like, we didn't
0: know that. They just yeah, tell us yeah. when, yeah.
2: It's just, it's just weak. Like, you get, you little, like, you little, like, fast pass from, like, Six Flags you put on, and RoboCop can't shoot you. <laughs> and um, it's not, it's not personal, right? Like, the board member thing, it's personal. It's a great little twist. Um, yeah. Sets up this awesome scene where, like, y'all are fired. There's not going to be a you're fired scene, just just like you mentioned, my humanity sort of won out kind of enough to shoot this one guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, is RoboCop still, like, an Omnicorp asset? Because, like, if they're getting investigated and stuff like that, do you actually want RoboCop? patrolling the streets i don't know i don't know like there's no real track record of him functioning <laughs> so like I don't, I don't know man like it's just such a weird kind of silly ending and um the senate here and what happens to gary oldman's character what happens to everybody else um cool we got rid of sellers all right samuel jackson's a little upset but like what what is the resolution here and i, I don't know what that what that is
0: michael keaton's dead i think yeah, I the whole so. thing yeah and robots won't be in america i guess except for this one robot except for this one robot well he's, he's a cyborg so i guess it's okay because yeah, he, he shows his face all the time
2: yeah it's so muddy because you didn't solve the problem right like i guess if robocop is still in action it's actually a sign that like things aren't better <laughs> you know like they somehow made it like robocop's Continued existence is actually a bad thing for like the world. Hmm. If you think about it, yeah, and like I said before, Omnicorp still has the
0: robots around the world, and like, well, maybe Omnicorp not anymore because OCP took over. But OCP is still a thing, and like, yeah, we still have robots in the rest of the world. it's it didn't yeah. really solve anything. It, yeah, I don't yeah. Know, it didn't really take out an evil. He, he, like I said, like Sellers didn't seem that evil to me until he decided to unplug Murphy. Up yeah. to, until that point, he just seemed like a regular I, billionaire CEO just trying to make money. I mean,
2: honestly, if you look at what he did besides, like, I guess, holding the wife hostage at the end, I mean, is he even going to do that much jail time? Like, you know, right? <laughs> like if he did get caught for his actions, all right, like you fudge the Robocop findings and, and like the signs behind that. You know, that's a PR problem more than a legal problem at that point.
0: Why did they even need to kill Murphy? Because they were afraid he would find out what they've been doing, that they're really the ones in control when he thought he was in
2: control? Is that what they were worried about? I'm not even clear on that. Well, it's like if you look at Dick Jones, right, who just like had the whole thing like locked up, he knew exactly what he wanted to do from beginning to end. His only failure was the head 209, uh, went a little too far, right? a very competent and capable villain that like had an end game. Sellers is constantly winging it throughout the movie, right? Like, okay, we got the rope. Like we can't do these robots. So let's try this robot. Uh, it works. So now we got to keep using this robot. No one's in control, right? Like the marketing guys was like, uh, what do we do? Like everyone just doesn't know how the robot works. Not even the guy that made the robot. So the whole time you're just sitting there like i i'm he's not he didn't do anything other than pressuring a scientist who should have known better and like i said everyone's everyone's involved so like the police chief's involved nobody's clean
1: yeah
0: like they just became villains like for no reason like at the end of the movie it's like okay yeah. now we're just gonna hold your wife hostage now like why
2: well I don't know what we're doing
0: here. It's stupid. I hate it. Yeah,
2: yeah. And like you were saying, like, the idea of like, what if RoboCop talks? I mean, the whole premise was that we're going to stop his wife from seeing him and we're going to stop her from talking to the press. We're going to stop RoboCop from talking to the press. We're going to stop the doctor from talking Like, okay. And then when they do talk to the press, you know, I don't know. Like, then what? I would just say he's defective. Like, you can still spin out of this. Like, I, I don't know, the whole thing's was uh, yeah. a mess. Yeah. they that
0: escalated in a way it didn't have to. And I don't know why it just became to like this violent ending for <laughs> Michael Keaton Sellers. I don't know, it, it's really stupid. Like I said, you didn't really map out who the villain was. So I wasn't sure who
2: I'm supposed to root against
0: until yeah. the very end. Cause I guess Michael Keaton's back because he's all in the wife hostage, but that wasn't until like the very fucking end.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah. To be honest, like that Robocop, he was more conflicted to me than heroic, yeah. like um, by taking that human interface out of the original one, you're just able to kind of operate like, okay, yeah, sure. Shooting everybody's like not really policing, but um, it's a consistent character and everyone interprets what's happening as a positive. So I'm all right. If this universe thinks this is a good thing, so do I, you know? This remake, I don't know who's being good or bad at any given point, including RoboCop.
0: All right, I think we're there, Reggie. We've talked RoboCop versus RoboCop, so it's verdict time. Reggie, should the RoboCop reboot from
2: 2014 exist? Now, I did watch the 2014 RoboCop around the time it came out. Like I said, it wasn't in theaters, but... uh It was, like you said, Netflix or something like that. It was streaming somewhere, or you could get a DVD. And I remember absolutely hating it, thinking it was, like, just a bad movie, and was confused as to why it existed. Weirdly enough, this time around, watching it again, I felt like I hated it less. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, I'm really not sure why. But, like, I think because... Some of it was cohesive, and I think Gary Oldman's uh, performance, I think I had more appreciation of this time, because I wasn't so, like, thrown off by, like, the suit being not the right suit. <laughs> like, I already had that shock in my system. I knew he was going to be Black, so, like, I just watched the movie this time. Um, It's trying. Yeah, boy, is it trying. And it's, it's failing. <laughs> boy, is it failing. Um, there's just not enough heart in the movie. There's not enough humor in the movie. The action is watered down, and when you're source material, like a guy can get shot in the junk. Uh, you got the the funny commercials between sets. Just the humor of the villains, all of the villains. Um, whether it's Bodrick's, uh, Charles Bodrick, whether it's Dick Norris, whether it's Bob Morton. You know, like they're all so funny in their own way. In and, and again, that action like. Squib, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. Ed 209 versus Robocop. Like, that was a real clash. I just love the tone of the first movie. I had a newfound appreciation of the practical effects when they took that helmet off. And I was like, everything about this movie shouldn't work. And it works so well. And, like, the re- reboot, none of it works. And it's like, what? I don't know why that is, but like, yeah. Um, ultimately, what I'm saying is that the movie shouldn't exist because no one's interesting in it. Um, <laughs> like Gary Oldman may be the most interesting. Michael Keaton is possibly a close second, but like RoboCop's not. So if you make a movie called RoboCop and RoboCop's boring, I don't, want, I don't want your movie, and uh, it should not exist.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to keep anybody in suspense here. I don't like the reboot at all. I'm a huge RoboCop fan. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And to see it done a ton of disservice like this is just, it feels like a slap in the face. They didn't understand like the source material at all. I mean, what made RoboCop work was, it was so based in that satire. And to ignore that completely and to make this serious movie was just a huge misstep. And to, you know, overcomplicate the plot and to like really focus on the tech and just how cool the tech is and was just boring and i didn't really care i wasn't rooting for anybody i didn't understand who the villain was until the end i didn't like the portrayal of robocop at all i thought it was a huge mistake to show his face constantly and have him talk like a normal dude and he doesn't have that robotic monotone kind of talk that like weller did in the original and I don't know what they were thinking. I honestly have no idea what they were thinking. I know it's not entirely the director's fault. It was a lot of studio pressure because the budget was so high. So they really wanted to make sure they got their money back. So they didn't let him do like a lot of the things that he wanted to do. So, yeah, studio, you have really fucked this one up. This movie should absolutely not exist. The original Robocop, not a perfect movie, but one of my favorite movies. Stay away from this reboot.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's the simple things, right? Like again, rewatching the original RoboCop, like little things were just like checking off for me, like the way the gun moves. I talked about it earlier, but like there's just something really cool about the firing action on that gun. And then you take that gun, you make it just as big, and you make it like a taser. Come <laughs> on, man, get out of here!
1: Out of
2: here! Something's got some. A hand's got to get blown off. Someone's got to, I want my pound of flesh and I don't get it <laughs> <laughs> from this reboot. And um, yeah, like you said, I'm sure the director definitely wants to try something different. I, I, I don't know, like when you make a movie like this, like that cheesy, like almost like uncanny valley, like jokey, like anchors, like the newscasters are just like, hey, Bob, and here's mm-hmm. to you. Like that would probably help kind of bring this in. But having Samuel L. Jackson basically occupy his space like a villain, who who are we supposed to pay attention to? Yeah. Super confusing. It's not not a great movie. Um and uh yeah, totally skipped.
0: Yeah. That satire is so important again. Uh the screenplay writer of the reboot, Joshua Zetermer, he based his script on an original draft by um edward newmeyer and michael minor and that original draft like i said when paul verhoven read it he didn't like it because it didn't have any of the satire it didn't have any of the humor it was super serious and he thought it was stupid but for some reason in 2014 the studio's like "No, oh, this is good let's do it serious yeah.
1: what the fuck yeah
0: bad shame on you studio shame, shame. on you
2: there's no excuse because like I've seen RoboCop, you've seen RoboCop. I'm not saying I'm a director, but like, I think I would try to like, what makes that movie work is the levity in the darkness. And I think I would try to like go over the top and like, um, I would almost like Saw style the depths, right? Like, like, <laughs> you know, like um, classic like Schwarzenegger, like- um, Yeah, like Running Man is what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah chill out, you know what I mean, let <laughs> off some steam Bennett. it, that type of stuff. I think that would serve this movie really well. And they just tried to make this, like, a wife concerned about her husband, who's not quite a man, not quite a robot. She's like, nah, nah. Like, if you want to watch that, go watch Ex Machina. Like, that's a fun <laughs> movie. That's also dark. That's a lot better. <laughs> a lot better. Yeah, this was just... A damn shame, and like the motorcycle wasn't
0: even that cool. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the motorcycle. Yeah, I don't. I didn't care for the motorcycle that much. Like, I guess it's cool. It just looked too much like Batman. We're now we're, yeah. we're in the black. We got the motorcycle. We're pretty much Batman from the Dark Knight. Now give me the cop car that always bottoms out every time it leaves the police station. Dude, that I part was that. so
2: sick.
0: I'm like, Love
2: this that. is a terrible design. It's <laughs> in <scraping> the bottom. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. So good
0: for the absurd world that they created. It is a perfect little touch there
2: yeah, yeah. Out at the bottom even like you know speaking of satire like kenny's body falling on the new delta city like yeah you know um mock-up was like that's phenomenal like <laughs> that's failure just like encompassing this one little action subtlety is not the right word for robocop <laughs> <laughs> well that's what we thought about the robocop films Do you agree with
0: us? Do you disagree with us? Did we miss anything? Definitely let us know in the comments. We have thick skin. Don't be afraid (laughs) of letting us know how you really feel.
2: Um, What are we going to do next time, Reggie? Well, our next episode is going to be a little different. Um, It's actually a bit of a celebration. So if you just watched this episode, you've seen the 50th episode of Retro (laughs) versus Remake. What? And with that being said, um, We've been through a lot. We've been through just figuring out the production of this show, sort of how we want every episode of the flow, what type of movies we want to watch. And we got through that part. Then we had to figure out how to navigate a global pandemic. <laughs> and so far, we've gone through that point. And uh, I think that would be really cool for us to sort of recap, go back and look at some of the movies that we saw, discuss things a little bit, and just really celebrate the fact that Retro versus Remake still kicking, and I'm sure we got at least another 50 episodes.
0: Absolutely. So we're going to go over some of the movies we liked, some of the movies we didn't like. That's 50 episodes. That's over 100. Not over. That is exactly 100 movies. I know my math. So uh, plenty of stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, it's just a celebration episode next time. So hopefully you'll join us for that. And maybe, maybe it'll be in person or both of us.
1: <laughs> ooh. ooh.
2: We'll that's true if uh we follow cdc protocols and we get <laughs> vaccinated if we're good little boys and girls maybe me and you can do this in person
0: all right well thanks for listening thanks for watching if you're on youtube be sure to leave a comment leave us a like subscribe if you're on itunes if you give us a five-star review leave a nice comment that would greatly help us grow we're also on social media at retro versus remake on facebook twitter
2: instagram Yep. reggie and even Spotify. So, yeah, um, this is always always a lot of fun. We've been seeing an uptick in some of the comments. We've been having fun with those. And, uh, yeah, this this is a lot of fun to do. So I'm looking forward to our next episode where, you know, we go over some of the things that we've done so far.
0: Yeah, a little reflection. So that's always nice. always nice. All right. Yeah. I'm Dan Bielek. <laughs> I'm Reggie Parker. And this has been another episode of Retro versus Remake.